Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Friday, Super Bowl Friday, Big Shows National Football Show. Here it is. Here it is, baby. Rent's due. Rent is due. No more BS. Prognosticating, whatever, about showing up and playing 60. Here we go, baby. This is for everything. You know, I predicted that the Eagles on May 10th of 2022 would make the game. I didn't realize they could actually win the game. We're going to get to that. By the way, bottom of the hour, Joe Theismann, former Super Bowl MVP, two-time Super Bowl appearance, winning one of those. We will talk with Joe Theismann. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. I want to ask you something going into the weekend and getting ready for Super Bowl 57. What's your take on the Eagle defense? I posted this on my Twitter page. I'm going to read something to you here, and you tell me what you take away from this. Since week five of the NFL, here are the quarterbacks that the Eagle defense have played against. And you tell me if the Eagles' defense is overrated or not challenged. This counts the playoffs. Since week five, Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, 49ers, Daniel Jones, New York Giants, Davis Webb, New York Giants. Andy Dalton, New Orleans Saints. Jack Prescott, Dallas Cowboys. Justin Fields, Chicago Bears. Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans. 
Aaron Rodgers, okay? Green Bay. Matt Ryan, Indianapolis Colts. Tyler Heineke, Washington Commanders. David Mills, Houston Texans. Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh Steelers. Cooper Rush, Dallas Cowboys. And Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. This has to be the worst group and names of quarterbacks outside of Aaron Rodgers any Super Bowl contending team has ever faced. Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Tannehill, Rodgers, okay, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke, David Mills, Kenny Pickett, Cooper Rush, and Kyler Murray. These are bums. <laughs> These are bums but one. How am I supposed to look at the Eagle defense and go, this is one of the greatest units of all time. And when I look at these guys, it's easily one of the worst lists of quarterbacks any Super Bowl team has ever faced. This is terrible. So how am I supposed to – how do I define the Eagle defense? They had a bunch of sacks against shitty teams. Okay. The 49er O-line, very good. The Giant O-line, terrible. New Orleans O-line, terrible. Dallas's O-line, pretty good. Chicago, terrible. <laughs> Giants, terrible. Tennessee, terrible. Green Bay, decent. Indianapolis, terrible. Washington, terrible. Houston, terrible. Pittsburgh, terrible. Dallas, okay. Phoenix, terrible. They didn't play against one good line this year, except maybe the Cowboys. And the only quarterback they played this year that's worth the shit on this list is Aaron Rodgers. How am I supposed to evaluate the Eagle defense and go, these guys are great, when quite frankly, this is a roster of horrible O-lines and horrible coaches and horrible quarterbacks. This is a fact. This is since week five counting the playoffs. How do I look at the Eagle defense? Is it overrated? I think the Eagle defense is a little overrated. You can't. Now, I'll tell you this. This Super Bowl will define them. This Super Bowl will define, validate, or tell us they were overrated when that game ends on Sunday. Is that fair? This game on Sunday is either going to validate the Eagle defense or what it's going to do, it's going to tell us it was overrated. Is that fair? Because if they kill Patrick Mahomes and they kill Andy Reid 
and they take that team apart, it really doesn't matter what this list says. They took down the, the MVP, who was just named that last night, right? This is going to validate this defense or not. Super Bowl 57 will tell us really who the Eagle defense is because, dude, when I read a name like David Mills and Davis Webb and guys like this, I don't know what to think of the Eagle defense. I don't. This is, you've played nobody. This is a list of nobodies. Am I wrong? Your, your stats are overhyped and overrated. But come Sunday, you could validate yourself. Dude, we were this team the whole year. We are this team. You beat Patrick Mahomes, no one's going to remember in three years. They're just going to remember the statistics and what you did and your record. If Patrick Mahomes takes this Eagle defense apart, and he's capable of, Taking this defense apart. I told you this before. A lot of good quarterbacks, man, have high percentages against Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon versus Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. N91 goes back on this again. No, I'm just asking you a question. Do you think this is impressive? Are you really impressed with the Eagle defense when you look at Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke, Davis Davis Mills, Kenny Pickett, Cooper Rush. Are you impressed with that? I'm not. GT goes, you guys lost to Jimmy Garoppolo last year. You never beat Garoppolo. Okay, right. Aaron Rodgers, GT, I give it to you. Tell me, wait, don't attack me. Ask yourself what that list tells you. Don't aim this at me. Aim this at the question, are the Eagles overrated on defense? Okay? And I'm not talking about Kansas City. I think Kansas City is overrated on defense too. I personally don't think they're that good. I think, watch this. I think their corners are decent for rookies. And I think Chris Jones is great. The rest of them, they got a linebacker that's decent. And the rest of them, the kid from Purdue could be a player. But nobody on that. Dude, the 49er defense is better. So don't sit there and say, are you saying that Kansas Kansas City's defense? I'm not impressed with them. Well, you see what they did against the Bengals' run game. And they had three substitute teachers in the offensive line. I'm not impressed with anything they did stopping the run against Cincinnati. Hang on. Don't aim this at me. I'm asking you. When you see this list, are the Eagle defensive guys overrated? Or do you think they're just not been challenged? What? How do you look at this? There's no way you think this is impressive. Going into this game, 
You guys are always telling me, Sills, don't look at the numbers. Well, shit, if you look at the numbers, you would think the Eagles were one of the best defenses in the league. When you look at who they played, if you play 25 tomato cans and call yourself the best, that's like somebody telling me, hey, Sills, that team that was undefeated in the Pac-12, really a great team. You put them in the SEC, they're an eight-win team. You think USC could hang in the Southeastern Conference? Do you know how many games SC would win in the, in the SEC? Do you know how many? Eight tops. Eight. They'd struggle with Vanderbilt. I mean, Kentucky would beat them. One more time. You tell me. Give me a definition of the Eagle defense. You're right, it's not college mayhem. In college, there's better quarterback play. Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke. These are the guys you've played since week five. How am I supposed to sit here and think you got a good defense when you give me a list of turd quarterbacks? <laughs> Dude, Patrick Mahomes is a whole different guy than these dudes. Patrick Mahomes. Holy cow. <laughs> Man. Wait until someone gets Fields running the RPO. Damon, he's got to figure out whether or not he can understand the passing game because he ain't that hot at it. So are we not supposed to be at them? No, Kayvon, I'm asking you a question about your Eagle defense. I know you, you have to play who's in front of you. Duh! Do you think they're overhyped going into the game? That's why no one respects it. Do you understand why the wide receiver for the 49ers is talking trash on the Eagle defense? Because they haven't played anybody. And for the record, I don't give a shit what media guy in Philly tells you. You did not kill the Niners. The Niners killed themselves. And Hassan Reddick wrecked the game. Hassan Reddick has been the best Eagle player, along with the offensive line, for the Eagles in the playoffs. I mean, your playoff run is Daniel Jones and Christian McCaffrey running the Wildcat. <laughs> Not really the biggest test on the planet. I've never seen a quarterback play shitty in an NFC title game, and they win it anyway comfortably. I've never seen that. I've never seen it. Again, I'm going to tell you what I think happens in the game. And I think you'll understand where I'm, I'm asking a question. So when I give you my prediction here in a second, what I think happens, you'll understand where I'm coming from here. V goes, Chiefs are going to choke. V, I'm going to get to them in a minute. I don't think they're that hot. Okay, I don't think they're that hot. 
Okay? Okay, Eagles didn't kill the 49ers, but they got destroyed. Yeah, nothing the quarterback did. He was terrible. Reddick plays up. Hey, like I said, they held you to 93 yards passing. They didn't really have to beat. You're going to need more from Jalen Hurts to beat the Eagle, uh, to beat the Chiefs on Sunday than 133 passing. I disagree with Seth. You're going to need more than 133 passing. Okay? And 49 yards or 39 yards rushing. You're going to need more from him. You're not going to beat the Chiefs with that kind of performance. You're not. Okay? Tell me, again, don't aim this at me. I'm asking you what your take is on who they've played since week five. On if the defense is overrated or underrated. You tell me. It's a question. Okay? Terrible leader. You completely suck, Cilio. And Philly demands a trade. (laughs) Seals, I promise you, Jalen Hurts can pass for only 120 yards and rush for 40, and the Eagles still handle the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe. Maybe. Eagles defense is not overrated. How can you tell? Hey, the real, how can you tell? Where? Who made you think that? And with some of the quarterbacks that were in some of the offenses that were in the top five and in the upper echelon, they put 30 on you. I mean, Dak Prescott put 40 on you and a 124 quarterback rating and 77% completion percentage. Shit, Matt Ryan had a good game. The Eagles are legit, Big Sills. I'm not. I'm asking you what you think of who they've faced this year. What? Do you, you don't think any of those numbers make those Eagle players look a better when you're look a little better when you're playing bums like this? Okay. I think you're going in there with your head in the sand. There's nobody redeeming on that list that makes me go like this since week five. Wow, they were challenged. No no quarterback. That's why Jonathan Gannon could play that soft-ass defense. You know why? David Mills is not going to beat him. Um, Davis Webb is not going to beat him. Josh Johnson's not going to beat him. Tyler Heineke, well, he did. Davis Mills is not going to beat. Kenny Pickett. Cooper, these guys are not going to beat a defense. Because they're going to make mistakes in the game. I'm not blaming it on the schedule, V. V, I know the schedule's set by the league. I'm not saying that. I'm saying and asking you, do you think some of those numbers that the Eagles defense has put up this year have been a little empty calories? How can you not think that when you're playing Davis Webb, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, and Josh Johnson. That's just been in the last four weeks. How can how can you not look at that and go, you're right? 
I think that's why some of the people are looking at the game being a little closer, especially the guys in Vegas. <laughs> Quan goes 16 and one. Well, shit, man. You don't get kudos for going 16 and one versus Davis Mills and, and, and Davis Webb <laughs> and, 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 and Kenny Pickett and Cooper Rush. You don't get merit badges for that. You don't get merit badges for that, dude. You're supposed to beat shitty guys like that. Get no merit badges. Xander's like, Xander's telling me this, though, too. He goes, hey, Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, man. Xander's like, we play total stiffs quarterbacks, and Mahomes is a beast. That's what Xander was saying before we went on. He's like this. He's like this different. Dude, he's a completely different guy than every guy on this list, including Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, maybe that point spread is right. Maybe that point spread is right. Bottom of the hour. We're going to talk to Joe Theismann, former NFL MVP and also Super Bowl champion and the owner of two NFC titles. I'll say this to you, though. One thing about this Eagle team that I've noticed that maybe in all the years covering it and having played against a couple of them, I would say this to you. This has got to be one of the most beloved Eagle teams of all time. City has embraced this team like no one's business. And for a team that hasn't won anything yet, well, they've won an NFC championship. That's not fair. For them winning an NFC championship and being very young in the process, team's not young. We'll find out how young the team will be next year because there's only four guys under contract on offense, let alone the fact that you got an entire secondary to have to re- retool. Um, We'll see what that team looks like. But this team's well-loved, man. And I do agree with you, Roland. I think it's got a lot to do with Jalen Hurts. I do. I think it's got a lot to do with that. All right. What happens on Super Bowl Sunday and in Super Bowl 57? I know the point spread is like two and a half. Here's my take on this. This is going to come down to what we said yesterday. Can can the Chiefs all defensive line and Chris Jones create pressure and can they stop the Eagle run game? I don't think they can. I don't think they can. I think Philadelphia is going to run the ball, run the ball, and I think they're going to run it until Kansas City shows they can stop it. And for me, I'm going to tell you who I think the MVP of the game is here in a second. They're going to run it. They're going to run it. And then in the second half, I think A.J. Brown has a big half because they're going to have to bring people up to try to stop the run. They're going to loosen them up in the first half with Goddard and Sanders, and they're going to run it. Jalen's going to be part of the RPO. They're going to run it. And I'm going to make a prediction here on this. If the Philadelphia Eagles have four 10-plus play drives in this game, this game will not be close because you're keeping Kansas City on the feet, on the sidelines and off the field. I don't think they have the personnel in Kansas City's defense. Spagnuolo is a good coordinator, 
But if you don't have the Jimmys and Joes, there's no honey badger back there in the safety position. You got a linebacker that's pretty good. Like I said, the kid from Purdue, the rookie, you got two rookie corners. And you got two 1,000-yard wide receivers. You got a tight end that possibly could have had 1,000 yards. You don't have a linebacker in the group that can cover Dallas Goddard. I think A.J. Brown's going to be your Super Bowl MVP. I think the Eagles win 31-17. I don't see it. I don't see it. Who's going to step? Here's what I do to Kelsey. If I'm Jonathan Gannon, I kick the living shit out of Travis Kelsey. Don't let Kelsey beat you. Beat him up. Put a guy on him. Double team him. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to beat you? Really? I'll take that gamble. I'll take that gamble. Juju Smith-Schuster beating me versus Travis Kelsey. Common sense. Double team him. Run games at him. Chip, bang on him. Don't let him free release. Don't let Travis Kelsey get free release. He'll have 200 yards on you. That guy can beat you. That guy can beat you. Bang on him. Who's the other guys? There's like a bunch of like dudes. The running backs. Here's something else you're going to have to keep an eye on early in the game. Delayed screens. They're going to screen you to death to try to slow the pass rush down. You're going to see a ton of screens. I wouldn't doubt if they opened the game with a screen. Okay? I, I would not doubt that they opened the game with middle screens, delayed screens, passes to the running backs, because they really, they use their running backs like Dallas uses Tony Pollard. They can put him in the slot. They flank him out wide. They have block and release. They have a lot of that. My opinion, you're going to see a lot of that early. Okay? And that's why Gannon is going to probably stay back in a soft zone. He's going to stay. You might need a soft zone here. But the issue becomes this. And I'm going to say one more time here. I think Patrick Mahomes throws for about 350 yards. But here's going to be the kryptonite to the Chiefs. Remember I said to Xander, here's the kryptonite. Once you get into the red zone, who's the guy? You got a 12th defender, which is the back of the end zone. And the only guy you have that's a mismatch is Kelsey. You block Kelsey, you don't have a running game. What are you doing in the red zone? I guarantee you, you're going to see a couple stalls. Kansas City's going to go crazy from 20 to 20, I think. Because Mahomes is going to have a high completion percentage. But once they get into the red zone, Eagles are going to stop them. They're going to stop them. I just don't think Kansas City... Watch this. Who's got the better wideouts? Eagles. Who's got the better tight end? Kelsey. But I'm okay with my guy. Who's got the more experienced corners? Eagles. You got two rookies. Shit, who's got the better linebackers? And I've been hard on the linebackers this year. The Eagles. Who's got the better O-line? That's not a question. It's one of the greatest O-lines in NFL history. You got three Hall of Famers in that line. Two Hall of Famers. Shit, the 17 team had three. 
with Lane, Kelsey, and the guy playing left tackle. Now you got two. And two pro bowlers. Jason Peters was on that 17 team. He's going to Hall of Fame too. How does Mahomes beat you? By the way, if I'm Jonathan Gannon, I'd line up Hassan Reddick over the weakest links and let him just go. I don't think I think Orlando Brown's overrated. He's not Trent Williams. I'll say it one more time. I told Xander this a couple minutes ago. Kansas City doesn't have the personnel that San Francisco does. San Francisco's got an elite linebacker, an elite D lineman, an elite safety. They're good all over the place. Offensively, it's littered with great players. Ayuk's even good. Debo, Chris McCaffrey, Kittle. Shit, the fullback's a pro bowler. The, the, the left tackle's the best in the game. You're telling me Kansas City has anything like that. And then let's go into the coaching. So you really think that Andy Reid and the Chiefs have the advantage over Nick Sirianni's guys? How many people think that? How many people think Andy Reid's got the advantage over Sirianni and the Eagle? coaching staff how many people think that well let me just bring some context to you what happened in 17 with Doug Peterson out coached Bill Belichick and Nick Foles outplayed Tom Brady who had the coaching advantage supposedly in that game hey Brian who had the coaching advantage in 17 wasn't it Belichick wasn't it Brady Eagles beat the shit out of the Patriots. That shit about Super Bowl experience is overhyped. Buffalo Bills back in the day had gone to all those Super Bowls. Dallas Cowboys were the youngest team in the NFL. They beat the living shit out of the Bills. With a college coach. You're trying to tell me that Marv Levy, who's a Hall of Fame coach himself, Jim Kelly, all those guys, all that experience in the Super Bowl, they got taken to the woodshed. Well, talk to me about experience in the game. On Sunday, that shit doesn't matter. The Jimmys and Joes. The better roster matters. Don't turn the ball over. That's something the Eagles are great. The one thing that Philly has been spectacular at this year He's not turning the ball over. They've been spectacular at that. You know what? You know what? I say this to you all the time about this Eagle offense. It's not really a sensational offense. It's kind of boring. Okay? It's kind of boring. It's not flashy. It's just not. You know why? They don't have high percentage turnover plays. They refuse to put themselves in that position. Here, and I said this to you, and I made this comparison before to you. Okay? They're like Emmett Smith. Emmett wasn't flashy. He was just the all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL. Barry Sanders was the flashy one. He was the guy that broke off an 85-yard run. Not, not, not Emmett. And it's the guy that gave you the positive yardage all the time. That's why when you look at Jalen, Jalen's not sensational when he plays. He's efficient. Doesn't turn the ball over. 
doesn't make the dumb play. Jalen Hurts does more of this, not making the bad play, than any other quarterback in the league. That's why you're in the Super Bowl. You're in the Super Bowl because that guy does not turn the ball over. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. There's not wow factor moments that he's had this year. Man, a couple of games, I'm not saying he hasn't had his, had, had his moments where he made a really nice, I'm not saying that. But you don't come away from a game going, man, that guy's a, that guy is a generational player. He's not. He's not a generational player. He's not Mahomes. He's not Burrow. Like I said, you will find out because once they start paying him and you don't have AJ and Devon, can you imagine Jalen Hurts? And I'll say this again to you. So if Jalen Hurts didn't have AJ Brown or Devontae Smith, you really think they'd be 16 and one with just Dallas Goddard and no Miles Sanders? That's what the guy in Kansas City has. He's got a rookie running back, no wideouts, and a tight end. That's all he has. That's all he has. And he won as many games as the Eagles, and he won his MVP. And he broke the single season yardage number. And he threw for 40 touchdowns. And he had a higher quarterback rating. And he had almost double the throws. That guy in Kansas City is a special player. He's the only reason I think that game could be close. He's the only reason. Because if you see Chad Henney, that means Hassan Reddick is going to win the MVP. Because if you put it all together and Hassan Reddick wrecks that game too, like he did the NFC title game, they should rename the MVP award the Con Smythe Award because he was a force in the Giant game. He was a force in the 49er NFC title game, and he'll be a force in the Super Bowl if you see Chad Henney in that game. He's been a weapon. I couldn't have been more wrong about a player. Now, after the first seven weeks, I didn't see it. But you got to give Jonathan Gannon credit for that. He figured it out. We're efforting our friend Joe Theismann. Hopefully we can catch up with him. If not, we got a ton of shit to hit on anyway. So 31-17. I've been saying it for two weeks. Kansas City's going to have... Kansas City's going to have to show me they can run the ball and move the chains on. And again, that's why I asked you about this list. Guys, I don't think the Eagle defense is overrated. I just don't think they've been really challenged by anybody this year. This game Sunday will validate it. And how good they really are. You're playing the best guy in the league. And arguably the best coach head coach, play caller in the league. Okay? It's not really a rip. The reason that a lot of people have their doubts about the Eagles going into this game is because of this list. Not me and what I'm saying. 
And because the quarterback hasn't played well in the postseason, he hasn't played well because he's injured, I think. He, he hasn't. This is the final test for so many questions that we had going into this season. This is finally, everything's going to be answered. Is the defense really who they are? Is the coordinator defensively really who he is? Is Gannon really good? And are guys like me and Seth just, again, are we just, okay? Is, it, it, is, is he really that good? Is Shane Steichen a good offensive coordinator? The Super Bowl is going to tell us a lot about Jalen Hurts. Okay? All the nonsense talk could be put to rest. Again, when I look at a list like this, you just heard me say, I got the Eagles winning 31-17. But when you look at a list like this, I think some of those numbers that the Eagle defense has are empty calories. And that's why it's only a two and a half point spread. It's less than a field goal. So it's really a pick em game. Okay? Basically, Vegas has this thing almost a pick em game. Anything under three? That's, that, that's margin of error kind of stuff. So this is like a pick em. Heavy money's coming in on Kansas City. Okay. I just, I want to see. The Eagles are a knockout puncher. The Chiefs are a jabber. I'll always go with the knockout team, the knockout boxer. Because he can end a fight at any moment. The jabber can't. But here's the thing about Kansas City. You get a big lead on them, don't go to sleep on them. They will come back on you. We've seen them do this. That's all. Look, and I know some of you are like, Seals, you're shitting on. I'm not shitting on the defense. I'm pointing out what they've done. This is the Philadelphia Eagle resume since week five. Okay? This is the Philly e- This is the Philly defense. Like, watch this. 49ers as a group. It's a great roster. What's Hassan Reddick wrecked the quarterback? Josh Johnson and... Christian McCaffrey with the quarterbacks. They couldn't throw a pass. Game was over. I tweeted out immediately. That thing was over. As soon as Purdy went out, it was over. Daniel Jones. So the Giants are going to give Daniel Jones 35 million. Name me a wide receiver on that team is worth the shit. I mean, they must have the worst collection of wideouts of any team in the league. There's not a redeeming guy in that group. Tight end's kind of good, I guess. You're going to give Daniel Jones $35 million? Jesus, criminy. That means you're going to let Saquon Barkley walk? <laughs> okay, I guess. Davis Webb? Who, I don't even know who he is. Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton's still playing? Dak torched you, put 40 on you, and 
78 completion percentage. That's after a pick six. Dak crushed that defense. Did he not? Or wait, remember something. Gardner Minshew doesn't play defense. I, this is going to be a very – Hurts didn't play. Dak didn't play Hurts. I know he played your defense and put 40 on it. I know, Mask. He didn't play Hurts. He played that defense and worked it. You know, I I I, I want to throw this at people here because, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one more time: Is Super Bowl experience overrated, and is it a media thing? Because to me, when I watched that Eagle team in 2017, outcoach Bill Belichick with a backup quarterback and Doug Peterson, and they took the Patriots to the woodshed. I I I don't I mean. Where was the advantage? Here's some, and, and, and I talked to Jimmy Johnson last night. Jimmy Johnson played that Buffalo team. They put 50 points on a team that had been in numerous Super Bowls. So how about a guy that has played in a couple Super Bowls and a guy who has won a Super Bowl? And again, I actually thought the team that Joe Theismann had the following year, I actually thought that team was better than the one that won the Super Bowl. And let's get to the former NFL MVP now and get his thoughts here. How you doing, Joe? Hi, uh, Danny. How are you? Thank you so much for finding time for me, Joe. Yeah, we're you're it, you're cutting in and out. So I'm in a obviously I'm in a hotel room where I seem to be spending all my life. <laughs> so uh, anyway, here I am, and here we are. Hopefully, it's okay. Fantastic. Joe, what I just said about Super Bowl experience, is it a media thing? Do you think it's overhyped? Give me your sense because you've been to two of them. You won one. You lost one. Is, is, is that a media-made thing or is there something to it? Well, uh, I'll quote the great Dwayne Thomas. It's just another game. <laughs> that, was the way, that was the way he coined it in an interview with Tom Brokaw, I believe, many, many years ago. You know, in essence, it is just another game, but the game has such significance and it's a worldwide event. And I also I also feel like obviously the media contributes to it, especially today, Dan, like like, you know, you and I um, years back would just have a telephone conversation. We would we wouldn't be connected with one another through um streamline or zoom or anything else we and and now everything is done instantaneously if something happens at the super bowl it's a major event right now uh whereas you go back when i was playing in them 40 years ago 40 and 39 years ago um it would take you know it would take a monday morning for somebody to find out what went on in the city that something was happening in. So I think the media has continued to make it very, very large, which is fine. I mean, all you need to do is take a look at Radio Row. It went from probably 100 to 500 different radio stations, TV stations around the world. So it it is a major media event, there's no question. But it also, it changes people's lives. It certainly has mine. Um, And if 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 you're fortunate enough 
to be on a team that wins a Super Bowl, it's an experience you'll never forget the rest of your life. Unfortunately, if you lose one, it's just as impactful. Joe, for you, when you're in this game, um, Coach Johnson, and that's the kind of guy that I go to when it comes to his experience in both the Super Bowl and playing in college for him. Let me, let me, what, what was, what's the biggest thing you always wanted to stay away from? What do these two quarterbacks want to stay away from the most as they get ready for Sunday? The media. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, you're basically required. So distractions. Well, it, it isn't, the media is not a distraction. The, the, the thing is, is you really have to focus and schedule your time. Now, things are a little bit different now because when we got ready for Super Bowl 17, we did not have two weeks. We did not have bye weeks. You know, we came out of a strike-shortened season where we didn't play seven football games. I think we wound up with a record of 12-1, and one, and that was because we played four – we played nine regular season games and then four playoff games because everybody was a wild card. Uh, the media is part of it. And, and nowadays it's a little different because you get the bye week during the course of the year. So the coaches and the players are used to having the time off and then they're used to coming back and playing. You know, Andy Reid has had great success after he gets two weeks off. And uh, the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they've been tempered coming into this Super Bowl. Two very close games, one against Jacksonville, one against Cincinnati. On the other side, you look at the Eagles, they've cruised. When's, when's the last time the Eagles have actually been challenged in a football game? Joe, let me read you something here. And I was trying to tell people this, and you tell me how you read this. Here's since week five, who the quarterbacks and offenses they've played. Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Andy Dalton, Dak put 40 on him, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke, Davis Mills, Kenny Pickett, and Cooper Rush. I mean, Joe, when I see all these numbers and I look at some of those lines and I look at – I mean, looks like empty calories to me sometimes. So how do I look at that? Some of I, – I think, I think you bring up a very valid point for somebody who wants to bet on Kansas City, Dan, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but, you know, I, I look at it as – I still think their defense is that good. Um after, prior to the Washington game, I don't think their run defense was that good. It wasn't. And all, all of a sudden, you know, we beat them. Well, I should say Washington beat them. They went out and got Indomitian Sue and Lendell Joseph, neither one of which really start. And, uh, you know, you, you see the, the different players. I think that team has come together. I think defensively, they're going to have to rely on that football team. Jalen missed a couple of those games, didn't play. But then again, this is the Super Bowl. It's different. They've had two weeks to prepare. Um, I always felt through the course of the season, it seemed like Kansas City's offense was protecting its defense a little bit. But his defense has really stepped up during the playoffs. Um, and, and the big thing to me is, will they be able to control, will Kansas City be able to control Jalen Hurts running the football? I think he'll throw the ball well. They have to get the ball to A.J. Brown. You know, A.J. caught three touchdowns in one game and then almost disappeared for Goodness knows how long a period of time. So um, I think it's a valid point that they really haven't played anyone. But then again, if you don't play someone and you struggle, that's one thing. Right. But I don't think all those quarterbacks you face, I don't think they had any kind of success against that Eagle defense either. That, you know, that's doing a little bit deeper dive. 
So they were really good. They just happened to play not good opponents, and there's nothing much you could do about that. That's that's the big question, and that's the big thing that it, you know you have to look at. And like I said, I you know Patrick's going to be healthy. Jalen's going to be healthy. Um, the, obviously, there's not going to be a weather element at all. The conditions will be great. I think Kansas City's wide receiving core is down some people. That's one thing that you have to consider. Uh, Patrick is magical. And will the Eagles be able to control Travis Kelsey? Will you be that's able right. to? I, I think stop that's him from having a big impact on the game. Absolutely. Joe, let me throw this at you too here. Um, do you think the Eagles are going to need more from Hertz in this game? Because if you put the two games together, Average 133 yards passing, 39 yards rushing. Still, like you said, they put up 31 on San Francisco because they were a headless team. They didn't have a quarterback. I mean, McCaffrey was back there taking some snaps. Um, do you think they're going to – I've never seen a guy, and I've never seen a team, Joe, win an NFC championship game where the quarterback, if you take that 30-yard gift away, through for 93 yards and that 39 yards rushing. I've never seen that. Maybe back in the early 70s. I mean – but now, in a, in a game like today, I think they're going to need more from him. I, they will, but he, here's the point, Dan, is that he didn't need to throw the football. They, they mean, went for they 181. A, they went for 181 on the ground. They had such a big lead in both those games. Yep. They had such a big lead in the first half, there was no reason for him to throw. What, what In two consecutive football games, where would you think that A.J. Brown had seven total catches? Uh, agreed. And all of them, and by the way, I believe all of them in the first quarter. Yep. So, you know, you re, you have to look at that receiving core and say they're going to be impactful. Um, uh, Devontae Smith is a is a weapon. You know, they're, they're, they're good enough on offense to be able to spread it around and do some things. And it's almost like how does Kansas City prepare for the Eagles offensively when you've seen such little bit of the Eagles? I mean, really, you, you haven't seen a passing game out of the Eagles because no. they didn't need it. They just beat the living daylights out of you running the football. Well, I think this is going to have to – it's going to be a different football game. One thing Kansas City is going to have to do is control the Eagles' running game. If they can control it, put it on Jalen's shoulders, which I believe he will have to be able to make plays with his arms, um, then all of a sudden you're sort of leveling the playing field. But if the Eagles can run the football with him – and with their backs successfully, I think it keeps Patrick on the sidelines. It doesn't allow Kansas City to do the things that they like to do, put the ball in the air and move the ball down the field. So it becomes a major chess game. And I just, to me, I think the two best play callers in football are Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. I think, you know, I can't wait for this Super Bowl to see what Andy's going to come up with offensively as a play. Something. Joe Gibbs was exactly like that, Dan. We When we got ready Saturday night for the Super Bowl, what, this was Super Bowl 17, we put in what was called an explode package. Actually, we put it in you know that week, but Joe was excited about it. And he said, the reason, the reason why we're going to run this is I don't know how the game's going to go. I think we're going to be okay. We just have to, you know, we have to control the ground game. We want to get this thing into the fourth quarter where we'll, the size of our offensive line can make a difference and John can make a difference. And that's really the way it went. But he said, we put in this explode package and he said, I'm going to call it. You know why? Because I want to hear what the announcers have to say about it. And I think Andy is the same exact 
type of person. I think Andy is, is going to do something where people well, on Monday, today, could you believe that play or could you believe that formation? Uh, and that, that could be, it could be a difference in the game. It could be the creativity that they need to get over the hump. I still like the Eagles in this one because I do believe that defense makes a difference. And I'm not basing it off a couple of years ago when Tampa Bay's defense dominated the Kansas City chief offense because Patrick was on a leg and a half and both of their tackles were out. So I, I think they're going to get a full complement of the Kansas City Chiefs. And here's one other thing. And you and I, I just mentioned it. And you and I have talked about it. I know you've heard it. Everybody's making all this noise about the Eagle defensive line, the Eagle offensive line. They're the best two lines in football. Well, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs defensive line and I'm the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about the other guys. And in a day and a half or so, we're fixing to find out just how good somebody really is. And that I think is, I think, I really think that is a subliminally motive, big motivating factor for Kansas City on both sides of the ball. Joe, you had one of the greatest offensive lines of all time. And like you just said, I mean, if you look at this line to two tackles, make it $20 million a piece, you got a Hall of Fame center and Jason Kelsey. When you go into games, how much confidence does that give you as a quarterback when you've got the best line in the National Football League, when you know that this, you're not – see, your wide receivers, though, were so good. I mean, you guys could be finesse, but you were mostly power. And when – it's almost a little bit like this Eagle team in philosophy. You could beat them deep, Joe, or you could pound the hell out of them with Riggins. I mean, talk about that a little bit when you have a group like that in front of you. You know, Dan, A.J. reminds me of Art, big body guy. You know, Art was a converted running back um, to wide receiver. You know, great hands, catch everything, physical, tough to deal with. You know, and then I had Charlie Brown on the other side, which is a little bit like Devontae, a speed guy. Yeah. Do do some certain things. And I had the two little guys, Alvin and Virgil. And, uh, you know, Clint Didier, our tight end, was, was a special, unique individual. You know, Donnie Warren and Doc, our other two tight ends, you know, we're, we're something special. I think Kansas city will use a fair amount of tight end sets in this game, by the way. I think that'll be something they'll feature. Uh, they did in you the think last they throw game. a lot of screens in this game too, Joe middle screens, delayed screens and stuff like that. I don't, I, I, I you know, Andy's going to throw screens, Dan, you and I yep. both know that. I don't yep. think there'll be any more than they would normally throw. I think they respect the speed on, of the defense on the other side and the speed of those defensive linemen. Um, you know, a lot of times, if you want to throw a screen, you have to sort of hit somebody and release them. I don't know if they want to hit these defensive linemen and release them on Patrick in, in a hurry. I, I'd be surprised in that regard. But I, I agree with you to a degree. They're a little bit like we were. I mean, I used to call where I, when I dropped in the pocket, I was in the cradle of love. Those five guys just took care of me. Um, I think Jalen feels that kind of comfort. That's one other thing that's very interesting is I really feel like Kansas City has to make Jalen uncomfortable in the pocket. And if they do, if he does flush, you know he's going to run, you know he's going to get down, but you you can't give him avenues to escape. And so it's a little bit similar with Patrick. I mean, you want you don't want him going in one direction or the other. You want to set uh, the I, edges, right, Joe? You want to yeah, set what the you edges. do is set him up, take him up as high as their drop is. You know, the big thing with guys that can move around, and you saw this with Josh Allen. When, uh, when Cincinnati played them, the defensive ends rush up the field to the level of the quarterback's drop. 
They don't like to go past it and create that escape to the right or the left. So it, it, it places a premium on the guys up front. And, and let me tell you something. You're not going to have tight ends blocking these defensive ends of the Eagles. Right. I think you're kidding yourself if you're going to put somebody out there and think they're going to be able to stop them and not get run over. So you and I have, you and I have covered a myriad of wonderful things. It, this is the chess game that's going on right now. And we're going to get a chance to see it play out in our eyes at 6.30 on Sunday. I think it, I think it's going to be a heck of a Super Bowl. Both of these teams were the number one seeds. Both of these teams deserve to be here. And a lot of times some people say, well, you know, you got a Cinderella. There's no Cinderella in this one. You know, the, these, two, these two went to the dance. They performed at the dance and they delivered. And now they're here for the big dance. And uh, like I say, I think it's an exciting time. And it, it's fun. Like for the Eagles, it's a new experience for everybody. And and you don't know what to, you you don't know what to be afraid of because you've never been here. That's right. And the thing you think about with Kansas City is, you know, we've had you know a number of guys have been here not just too long ago. I mean, is there a degree of complacency? I don't believe that one bit. I believe you know. I, I always think of Tom Brady, you know, a dear friend, and you know, you have to be hungry for every opportunity that's out there. You know, Tom is delayed. By the way. Is moving to the booth till 2024, which leaves 2023 as a year open on his calendar. I, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me for him to try and play another year to, to become Michael Jordan, retire, unretire, retire, unretire. It's a little bit different with Gronk um, at that position uh, because there's a learning curve that Tom would have to go through if he went to a different system, except for the Raiders at this stage which who knows, but I, I really, you know, it's, uh, it'll be interesting. So you think the door's open for Brady. You think it's open in 20. Why would he want to start in 24 and not 23, Dan? I get it. I, it doesn't make sense. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I honest to goodness don't know, but I found it very curious that he wasn't going to start in, in the booth until 24. Um, but you know, I, I mean, it's not unusual to see people, guys want to come back. I mean, if it's out of your system, it's out of your system. I think announcing the retirement, you know, he's announced the retirement. It wasn't other people announcing it for him and then him, oh, by the way, saying I'm going to do it. Um, you know, the, the aspects of his life seem to be more solidified in the direction he wants to go. And it, maybe he just wants a year off. My gosh, he's played a lot of football. Why not take a year off? Gee whiz. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, two last questions for you. Do you think Jalen Hurts is an elite quarterback in the NFL? I think he's working towards that. I think Patrick has become an elite quarterback. Jay hasn't had a chance to play that much football, enough football. He's 16 and one as a starter, certainly does a lot of things very well. But before we dub anybody elite or, or, or great or all those other terms they, they like to put on the position, I still think you need to see you know, you need to see where he fits in in this particular game and uh, and and a, and a few more years going forward. I mean, you know, we could sit here and say, wow, Nick Foles won a world championship. Well, what have you done for me lately? Absolutely. And, and so and, and so in Jalen's case, you know, I just love everything about him. I love his intelligence. I, I love it. You know, you sense a football awareness with this young man. Yes, you know that he's he's very bright. He's played in different systems, and and the college systems have an aptitude to him as well as the professional system. 
Uh, he knows how to take care of himself on the field. And the players play for him. That's one of the biggest things. Just like, just like on the other side of the ball. Those guys play for Patrick. And I think the player, the Eagle players, they play for Jalen. Because they understand him and they understand his commitment to them. And so that's, you know, that's where these two guys are very similar. You know what, though, Joe, here, here, here's my problem. And tell me, Joe, if you think I sound like, oh, man, get off my lawn. You know, the game, <laughs> I guess, it's like the NBA. The game is so different. You can't hit. I mean, can you imagine Montana and guys like yourself? So you're telling me you can't touch Rice going down the field. You can't hit the quarterback. And these guys today played longer and put up more numbers because of a couple factors. You can't hit the quarterback, and these guys are wide open. Wide receivers have a big mouth today for a reason. You know why? There's no Ronnie Lott in the middle of the field knocking your jock into the ground. So I'm like, when I look at guys like Brady, and and I hear you and everyone going, my disguise, and I'm like, I saw Montana do that stuff, Joe. I played against Montana. I played against all you guys. I don't see anything like Mahomes. Tell me that's not Randall Cunningham today. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, Dan. I mean it's 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 a different it's a different game today. I know I sound like an old guy. I mean, I'm no, just... no, no, you, no. You, what you've done is you've analyzed the situation, but you know, I, I sort of I sort of look at where we are today with the rules. I think the wide receiving core is the most undisciplined uh, group of players in the league today because they don't get hit. But yet, I think they're the most outstanding when it comes to the athleticism and the catches that they make. So on one side, it's like, yeah, you guys after five yards can't get touched. On the other side, gosh, you're doing some unbelievable stuff catching the football. I mean, just the, the one-handed catches and the, the, the just all over the place, all the catches they make. I think the one thing about Joe's situation and mine, in Washington, there was a nucleus of players that stayed together over quite a period of time. In San Francisco, when Joe was there, it was basically the same group. What makes Tom so unique is there's been an ever-changing presence around him on a team. It was the same way in Tampa, went to a new team. It was the same way in New England. I, I, I challenge people this all the time. Name me three wide receivers, and don't go slot guys, Wes Welker and you know uh, Danny Amendola. Don't go to slot guys. Name me three wide receivers besides Randy Moss that have played for the New England Patriots. They're, they're dudes. Deion they, they, Branch. A, a, yeah. a, a Troy Brown. I mean, Chris Troy, was, Troy was a slot guy. Troy was a slot guy right. again. I mean, I mean, I mean you know, Joe, he had a bunch of Jimmys and Joes. And it's and 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 a Tom. And a Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and a Tom. But like and I Tom, said, I mean, and Tom, really, and Tom like was said, right, and Tom was right there, just doing his thing in the middle of it all. And that's can you that's imagine this, Joe? He only played with one Hall of Fame player as a skilled player that's going to the Hall of Fame in his 20 years in New England, and that's Gronkowski. The rest of those guys were dudes. Amendola's not going anywhere. He was a great postseason guy. Edelman, Randy's too. Other, I think Randy, you know, Randy had – Yeah, but he you know, didn't Randy win a Super Bowl with him. No, no, but that was – I mean, that team was – you talk was. about great teams. And, and, and this is another thing, Dan, it's interesting. You talk about that New England team when Tom threw 50 and, and Randy caught 23. It went 18 and one. They lose to the Giants. I believe that was the year. Nobody talks about that. They talk about Eli Manning winning world championship. They don't talk about how great that team was, which tells you about the significance of the Super Bowl. I, I just, I do presentations all the time. 
And I challenge the people in the room to tell me what the winning purse is of the Super Bowl. I can speak to an audience of 300. No one knows because the dollars don't mount, don't amount to anything. It's being able to wear that ring and be able to be called a world champion. That matters so much. And that's what these guys have at stake. And so even though New England had a great, great year, outstanding year, they lost. They're an afterthought to a degree. But the team that won is the one that people remember. Hey, Joe, for you, do you remember the Super Bowl win more or do you remember the Super Bowl loss more the following what a, year? What a great question. I've, I've gone through this on a number of occasions. I remember the things that I did poorly in Super Bowl 18 more than I remember the things that we did well in Super Bowl 17. Although I do remember knocking the ball away from Kim Bocamper. <laughs> uh, preventing the interception that really I think would have cinched the game for them and made it difficult for us. Um, there, there, I, you know, I get a chance to remember it when here during Super Bowl week, they replay the Super Bowls and I get a chance to see our Super Bowls. Um, but I reflect back on the things I could have done better. Uh, but there are some great memories from Super Bowl 17. One is watching John run down the field and chasing him and yelling at Clint Didier, don't clip anybody, don't clip anybody. Just let him go. They're not going to catch him. Um, and then, you know, knocking the ball away from Kim and sitting in the end zone and looking at him going, that was close. Joe, uh, I thought that team was better. I thought the team the next year was actually better than the team that beat the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, we lost two games that year by one point. We were 16-2 and two going into the Super Bowl. We lose, I think, 31-30 to the Cowboys, 48-47 to the Packers. We, were, we, were, we scored 541 points, Dan. Our giveaway-takeaway ratio, if, if anybody's listening out there and you want to have some fun, look up, the, look up over the last 10 years what the giveaway-takeaway ratio was for the, the leading team in the National Football League. We were plus 43. That's crazy. That's that's absolutely crazy. You know, Joe, those those teams were so good. And do you think when you look back at a guy like Coach Gibbs, I say, because, you know, Kyle Shanahan, it reminded me a little bit when he had to go through all the quarterbacks this year. And they were going like, oh, my God, Kyle Shanahan had four different quarterbacks. I'm like, Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different dudes. Yeah. I mean – I don't think that's emphasized enough when we bring up the greatest coaches of all time, Joe. Really, all of us, all of us with a little bit different skill sets. You know, Dougie was basically, you know, a, a guy in the, in the back of the, in the pocket. Rip was pretty much a pocket guy. We moved me a little bit more, but it shows, and I, I don't use this term lightly, it shows Joe's genius yeah. of being able to adapt to the players that he has on the field. You know, too often coaches try to fit square pegs into round holes. Right on. Hey, just take what you got, look at the talent of that individual, and develop it. I'll give you a classic example. I think Justin Fields has a chance to be a pretty darn good young quarterback if he learns how to throw the ball correctly. Who's going to teach him in Chicago what to do with the football when he has it in his hand other than running? They haven't had a quarterback since Sid Luckman. I mean, <laughs> I well, mean – just- Hey, I just played in a shootout with Jimmy Mack. He was pretty much fun. Hey, he was, he, no, he, he was probably their best winning I, guy that they've ever had here. Joe, I'm going to leave you with this. A friend of mine, and I know a dear friend of yours, passed away in Bobby Bethard. And yeah. I had Coach Beth, I, I had Bobby on, you know, I would say a year, uh, two years ago. 
and he was body surfing because he was this body surfing dude. He loved the but he goes, I'll do the interview, but I've got a body surf. I'm like, you're a hundred years old and your bodies. He goes, never stop body surfing the whole time when I got to San Diego and became the GM. And I'm going like, this guy lived such a great life. People forget the Kansas city, the Miami, and obviously what he did with you, but just the thought on what Bethard meant to that, to that running you guys that you guys won all them Super Bowls with him as the general manager. He meant everything, Dan. I mean, Joe, we wound up with Joe because of Dan. And then, and then that, that draft, I think, the 81 draft, I think we had five starters come out of. Um, then the next year, I think we got Daryl Green. Um, I mean, you know, his ability to find talent. First rounders are first rounders, okay? Y- your eyes tell you about them. But to be able to draft in the sixth and seventh rounds and, you know, later rounds back then because we had more, Bobby could find, you know, gems everywhere. He found Gary Clark. He found all these different players that we had. Daryl Grant. He found guys that were impact players for us. And that was Bobby's talent. Um, you know, I, I was with Bobby's wife, uh, I believe. I'm trying to think which Super Bowl it was at. Might have been in might have been San Diego or somewhere. And and she had said, you know, I just I wish Bobby was at a point in his life where he could really appreciate and understand. Um the impact that he had and the great honor that he's receiving going into the hall of fame. And, you know, he'd reached a point where it became a little tougher for him to process things. And, and um, he, he was a friend. I got to tell you one quick story. So I'm, I was up in New York doing something and Bobby and I were flying back back on a plane. And he said to me, he said, Joe, he says, I got some incredible receivers. This was like, I think 84. He's like, I found some really great guys, Malcolm Muhammad and Calvin, uh, Calvin Muhammad and Malcolm Bardwell. Raider guys. He said, one's tough. The other's fast. And I I thought, wow, that's great. Well, Malcolm wasn't really, didn't really fit into the system that well with us. And Calvin used to jump for every pass that was ever thrown to him. (laughs) And and, and so I sat with Bobby one day and I said, you know, they're nice guys, but wow. He said, well, you know, Joe, you just got to work with them. (laughs) I'll, I'll do whatever you want, Bobby. I got no problem doing that, buddy. But it was a uh, he was a special guy, a special friend. And you're right. I mean, I'll never forget uh, Wednesday afternoon, Mr. Cook. They put three chairs out Wednesday afternoon, one for Coach Gibbs, one for Bobby Bethard and one for Mr. Cook. Joe would be, you know, he have his whistle and he'd have his coaching uniform on. Mr. Cook would come out dressed with his ascot and looking impeccable. Bobby would sit there with his sandals and his surfing shorts and his hat. Uh, and his and his shirt on. So um, they were three different individuals uh, that really had a great impact on that franchise. I, w- I want to ask you this last question because I saw this um, and someone, when I told them I was having you on and someone in Miami brought this up to me, did you ever wonder that maybe, you know, you were supposed to take over for Bob Greasy and play for, Don Shula, you would have been the heir apparent to Greasy and that great football team. And you would have played not only, I mean, look at the luck. So luck of the Irish, you played at Notre Dame. You have to go to Canada, but then all of a sudden there's a first, and by the way, a first rounder was given to the Dolphins because of the property rights for you. And I'm just wondering, Joe, did you ever think that maybe you, instead of playing for a Hall of Fame coach in Joe Gibbs, you're playing for a Hall of Fame coach in Don Shula? Did that you ever think of that? 
I I have Dan, and it's it's sort of funny. I, I I'm not a I'm not I'm not a rear view mirror guy. I don't look I look to the past for education and knowledge to try and grow and learn. I'm a windshield guy. I like to see what's out in front of me. But when I think of that, the, the time I spent in Canada, 71, 72, and 73, I guess you could say they were pretty good years for the Miami Dolphins. Um, <laughs> but here's, here's my analogy to all the Miami Dolphin fans that are listening now, okay? People don't realize that the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphin football team, of which theoretically – I would have been the quarterback for nine games, just as yeah. Earl Morrow was, okay? That's right. Nine games. But look at it this way. Because I didn't go to Miami, Coach Shula went and got Earl from Baltimore. Earl Morrow quarterbacked nine of those games during the undefeated season. Could I have done that? I don't know. So I simply say this to all of the Dolphin fans, you're welcome for not having me go to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I tell folks about that team and you keep telling me how great other teams were. I'm like, so wait a minute, that team was not just good. Like the 85 bears, that team won three AFC titles, two yeah. super bowls. And one of them is undefeated. I don't know, Joe. Yeah. That's a heck of a run there, man. And, and, and you're in Canada. <laughs> it was hey, and, and I, and I managed to go to the gray cup one year up in Canada. That's right. And then, you know, and then I got I got my first broken leg in Canada. So it was, you know, you know, two Super Bowls, AFC Championship games, broken leg, Grey Cup. But I, I wouldn't, I to be honest with you, Dan, I wouldn't trade the trade the experience of of having gone to Canada and played up there. By the way, for all of those that are watching that are Canadian football fans, I'm sure there are some. I played Argos, in Canada. The Argos won the Grey Cup this year, so yeah. that was I don't know, it's like our fifth or sixth. So yeah, um, it's. It, you know, it was a great experience for me. And like I said, Coach Shula gave up uh, – or George gave up a number one to bring me to Washington. So I ultimately became a first-round pick. Absolutely. That's correct. That's exactly right. Hey, Joe, it's always great catching up with you, man. You're like the encyclopedia plus your great broadcasting career that you had in the National Football League. Enjoy the game Sunday. It is always a privilege to catch up with you. And you're a dear friend. Thank you so much, Joe. You bet, Dan. Take care. And uh, everybody, please stay safe. Uh, former National Football League Hall of Fame, or excuse me, MVP, and also the owner of two NFC championships. We really appreciate that. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Mulebronner, managing partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Appreciate you coming aboard. Jalen Hurts is not elite, according to Joe Theismann. Okay? Let me say this to you, man. This will change the narrative on the kid. Come Sunday, so many things will change for Jalen if he wins the game. How you perceive him. And I'm going to say it one more time. By the way, Xander's around. And I'm going to make the point here on why no one believes in the kid. I've been hammering this point for the last three weeks. Started Alabama. Look, and by the way, Jalen is a product of great players going through that place. Alvin Kamara had to leave. There's just so many great football players. The Mark Ingrams, the the great ball players that they've had in there, not everybody's going to be able to touch the football. Right? I mean, look, look at look at the wide receiver. Who's the wide receiver that, um, again, Devontae Smith. It didn't Devontae Smith, didn't he start his career at Ohio State? Ohio State's got a, that's another factory when it comes to great players. It's not a rip really so much, but it started there. When you take someone's job away on national television, 
The narrative is that he's not good enough. The two is better. And it's carried to this year. Jalen's now in a position where people are now like this. You're still saying this nationally about Jalen Hurts. Is he this good or is he a product of the team? It's still there. You have none of that conversation with Patrick Mahomes. Is it Mahomes or the team? Or is it Andy Reid? Shit, Andy Reid's a better coach today because of Patrick Mahomes, not vice versa. I mean, right? You you give you give Andy Reid Chad Henney or whoever Chase Daniels. You tell me if he's gonna win AFC West titles. Okay, yeah, we're right. Mahomes is a special ball player. Agreed. Look at Belichick. You think Belichick, who hasn't won a playoff game in four years, is any less of a coach than he was five years ago? No. He's got less talent around him. He's got less talent around him. And he doesn't have TB12 around him. Dude, if you don't have the quarterback, I don't give a shit if your name is Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, or Rex Ryan. You're not going to win. You're not going to win if you don't have that dude. But here's the thing in Philly. Jalen Hurts sucks in the postseason this year. And by the way, his three playoff games have been marginal. The one against the Bucs, he stunk. The Giant game, he was kind of good. In the Niner game, he was a non-factor. And the Eagles still put up 31. He had nothing to do with that game. It was the defense. Getting turnovers. Short fields. And it was the run game. That's what won that NFC title game. Hurts had nothing to do with that game. Had nothing. Zero. If Mahomes plays like Jalen Hurts has played in the postseason, they get bounced in the divisional round. That team relies on Patrick Mahomes to play well. The Eagles don't rely on Jalen to play well. There lies the difference. Are you going to pay $50 million for a guy you don't have to have play well? Because why again? You're going to pay 50. I get paying $50 million. Hey, you take Tyreek Hill away? Patrick Mahomes. He earned his money this year. Shit, you take Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders away from Jalen Hurts and two... And two guys in the old line away, I'm not. That ain't fifty million dollars, man. I'm sorry, because he ain't carrying your team. He'll never carry your team with a lesser team ever. That's the dilemma you're in. That is totally dilemma. Like Joe says, he's getting better, and what's afforded him, you know, it's kind of a little bit like Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger wasn't great when he first got to the Steelers. They had Bettis in the defense. And he matured into it. Hey, let's do this. Brady wasn't really a superstar early. It was defense and special teams. Brady developed. There's like two careers of Tom Brady. Early it was more Belichick. Later it was Brady. It's not a rip. It's development. And they're developing it. And the reason they're able to develop it, same way like they did with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was on a third-round contract. 
actually making less money than the backup quarterback. That's why they were able to build the Legion of Doom. Give Richard Sherman money. Give Michael Bennett money. That's why the 49ers are going to be able to extend Nick Boza. Because quarterbacks aren't making any dough. Again, all of that plays into development of a quarterback. Okay? And again, it's not a rip on Jalen. He's getting, he's totally getting better. But the Eagles are not who they really, again, even, even, even Joe's like, I brought up who they've played. It'll be validated on Sunday. But again, between the Bills and the Bengals, I think the Chiefs are the lesser of the t- three teams. I think the Bengals would have been more of a matchup. I think the Bills would have been more of a matchup. I just don't think Kansas City has the horses to hang with the Eagles. That's why I'm saying 31-17. Okay? 24 goes, I know nothing. What did I say that's a lie or not true? Give me one thing. So you actually think, let me ask you this, 24. What do you think Patrick Mahomes would do with the Philadelphia Eagle offense? How many games and how many yards do you think he'd throw for? I think they'd be undefeated. And Mahomes would throw for 7,000 yards. You imagine Mahomes and Eddie, if you put Jalen Hurts with just a tight end and no running game, they'd win nine games like they did a year ago. Okay. Joseph, 31-17. I don't think Kansas City, Kansas City's roster is not better. Watch this. Is Chris Jones better than Boza? No. Do they have a linebacker like Fred Warner? No. Do they have a safety like a, a Huffinger? No. Do they have a Debo Samuel? No. Do they have a Christian McCaffrey? No. Do they have a Travis Kelsey? Yes. Kittle. 49ers have a better roster than Kansas City. Okay. And Patrick Mahomes would put up 60 points a game if he played in Philly. Okay? And the Chiefs have two rookie corners. Think about what's happened to Kansas City since the first Super Bowl they got to. So you've lost Tyreek Kill, numerous offensive linemen. You lost defensive pass rushing end. And you lost the Honey Badger. That's not the same team that went to the first Super Bowl with Andy Reid. Of all the Kansas City teams that are playing in the Andy Reid-Kansas City era, this is the one I fear the least. So wait a minute, EQ, and you think that Kansas City has a better roster? Where? They don't have a Trent Williams. Orlando Brown blows. Their they're they're center's good, and I think they got a good tackle. The other guy, not Brown. I think he's overrated. Okay? Hey, Dan, what does Hurts have to do to quiet the national media? Just win this. I don't think it's Bob. Hey, Brian. See, Brian brings a great point up. Sills, does Hurts have to win it and put big numbers up to quiet the national narrative on him? No. If Jalen Hurts comes out of this game with 250 yards passing 
and 75 yards rushing, they'll annihilate Kansas City. Because that means they would have probably have run the ball for 220 yards. They do that, Kansas City will be run out of the stadium. But if he has 93 yards passing and 39 yards rushing, that means there's going to be three and outs. And you're going to give three and outs to Patrick Mahomes? The key in this game, again, if the Eagles get four or more drives with 10-plus play drives, Kansas City can't hang because that offense is on the sidelines. Can't hang. And I don't think they can stop the run. Boy, if I'm, if I'm the Eagles, I put up 40 carries. Put up 40 carries. Let's find out if Kansas City and Chris Jones is that good. I don't think Chris Jones is better than Jason Kelsey. Do you? I do not. Yeah, and see what what's his name says? Look at this. The Real says Eagles have been consistent all year long. Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Andy Dalton, Dak, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke, Davis Mills, David Mills, Kenny Pickett, Cooper Rush. These are bums. Yeah, they've been consistent. You better be. You don't get a medal for beating these dudes. Ikun says, I said, if the Eagles beat the Chiefs, will they say nationally that Hurts has a better team, so that's why he won? Yes. Yes. But it won't be true. Because I think Jalen's going to have to make plays. I think he's going to have to make a couple plays. He hasn't had to make a play against the Giant team. And by the way, Dexter Lawrence, do you guys remember hearing any? Here, here's been the big thing. Here's been the big thing that the Eagles have done all year long. All you guys can make a – you guys you, you guys could just – see the quarterbacks that I said here? Watch this, though. Look at who the Eagle O-line has killed. Jeffrey Simmons, Tennessee. Dexter Lawrence, Giants. Micah Parsons, Cowboys. Boza, Niners. You mean to tell me you think that Chris Jones is any better than one of these guys? I think he's a good ball player. But he's going to have to have the game of his life. And Jason Kelsey and Isaac Sayamalo are playing the best ball that they have all year. They were destroying Armstead in the middle of that Niner defense. There were lanes like it was on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Wide open lanes. Wide open. No one touched them. They were crushing those guys in the middle. Okay? Crushing. And, 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 and for the record, in the postseason, the quarterback has stunk. Hassan Reddick, this guy here, has put a show on. He's put a show on. Okay? Devon goes, I hated your show at first, but damn, you're just real about your opinion. Hey, Devon, that's how my wife looks at me. I hated you at first, but you know, we've been together 35 years. How you doing? <laughs> hey, hey. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, watch this, Devon. Some of the people in here, they don't hear very well because they've got, like, cotton in it. Jalen Hurts has improved so much this year. His contract – here, watch this. He's improved. So the Eagles got an MVP – they got an MVP performance with a guy making $1.3 million. Have you ever heard of that before? Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever heard of a guy making $1.3 million to put up an MVP performance? It's the cheapest thing. And, and and you know what, for the record? Hey, Xander, everyone keeps going, what about a hometown discount? He's giving it to you this year. This year's your hometown discount. He ain't going to cut a deal with you next year. He gave it to you this year. Dude, I mean, nobody pays a quarterback who's an MVP and finishes second. $1.34 million. And then next year, you're hoping he gives you a discount. How dumb are you? Who in their right mind would go like this? Hey, you know what, man? I, I made one three. I'm the 718th highest paid guy. And then next year, I'm going to give you a deal too. Kiss my ass. Okay? Xander goes, if he wins the Super Bowl, $50 million. They'll never win again if that happens. Let's make a point to you again. That guy, Stefan Diggs in Buffalo, he ain't going to be on that team. 
because Allen's deal kicks in. Guarantee you, Stefan Diggs is either cut or traded as you get closer to the trading deadline. You're not going to have $45 million on the books and a $25 million wide receiver. It doesn't work anywhere. It doesn't happen anywhere. Well, you think Joe Burrow's guys are going to stick around? T. Higgins and Jamarcus Chase? When he makes $50 million? <laughs> Joe Mixon? Well, two of those three, two of the three of them guys may be gone too. It, the league doesn't want dynasties. Once again, that was the secret sauce in New England. Nobody made big money at wide out. The tight end made money. The O-line made money, and the quarterback took a haircut. It's the only reason they won, and he's the GOAT. Brady was never the highest paid player in his entire career until he got to Tampa. Because he knows not one of these deals pan out when you take all the money. So get this, when Aaron Rodgers got all the money, he had an under 500 record. Even the great Aaron Rodgers coming off back-to-back MVP seasons. They didn't even have a 500 year because they couldn't keep people. Devontae Adams had to leave. It's not that they don't want to keep them. Look at, look at what they did with Deshaun Watson in Houston and why it ragged them the wrong way. They gave him that contract extension in Houston. What'd they do? The next month, they traded DeAndre Hopkins, Arizona. They don't want you having guys like that. Ain't no trust in Howie. And by the way, here's what some stupid people in Philly keep doing. Well, the cap goes up. It only went up $16 million. You're making it sound like the salary cap went up 26 million bucks. That's not how this is going to go. Now, here's the deal. You might have one more year on this, but then again, Bradbury's gone. You ain't keeping him. You think Howie Roseman's going to have two corners making $17 million? (laughs) You're going to pay your quarterback. Really? Do you really think he's going to pay? Dude, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he ain't sticking around for $10 bucks. That guy's going to make $12, $13, $14 million. He makes $836,000. That whole secondary is going to be revamped. Yeah, keep him one of those guys. And you're going to have old man Slay. I'd move Slay. I told you that. I'd trade Slay, draft a corner, the kid from Illinois. I'd draft his ass, and I'd sign C.J. Gardner because he's the youngest. He's 26, and he's versatile. He could slot him or he could put him at the corner. I think he's a hell of a ball player, and he's a great tackler. Of all the guys you got back there, he's your better tackler too. Okay? You speak a lot of facts, but in your heart, you have hate. (laughs) Dude, I don't hate anybody. I hate Nazis. I told you that. Give a shit about, I don't hate anything. Honestly. Well, it's not true. I hate liver. Can't, can't stand liver. Can't eat liver. Can't eat it. (laughs) Oh man. So the birds defense is overrated. We're going to, Hey, watch this. This is going to give you a lot of ammo come Monday. If they hold that team to 17 points, by the way, I'm setting myself up. 
Don't you get it? 31-17, I think Philly wins. I've been saying it for two weeks. They shut that defense down and they hold Kansas City 17 points. You come back on Monday going, you think that defense is overrated? I'll go, nope. I'll eat my words. I'll eat my words. That team, that team holds Kansas City to 17 points. Man, it's one of the better groups that have gone into the Super Bowl. 49ers are sore losers. West, you know why the 49ers are sore losers? Because they never got a chance to compete because their quarterback got knocked out. Is that sore losers? Okay. Well, let me ask you something here, West. Wouldn't you be a sore loser if Jalen got knocked out? You didn't have a chance to play at full strength? Wouldn't you, be a, wouldn't you have a bitch about it a little? Yeah, probably. I don't, by the way, I don't have a problem with sore losers. You should be a sore loser. You show me somebody that enjoys losing, I'll show you a waiter. Okay? Honestly. I don't have a problem with people bitching about losing like that. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Because it's, 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 it's what it is. Okay? Everybody bitches about their team not playing to the best of their ability if something happens like that. My, my contention... You just turn around and go, well, Hassan Reddick, he dictated that game. Okay? He dictated that game. The 49ers felt like they have unfinished business. I get it. I understand it. And the Eagles took care of business. That's why when the Eagles could just do this, hey, you know, nobody gets nobody gets participation medals for finishing second. <laughs> Not in this game. Hey, congratulations. You finished second in the NFC title game again. <laughs> it's all good. Did you get beat? That's all I got to do, man. 49ers will be bitching all offseason. Sales, why is their defense? Couldn't stop our offense. Purdy, they did stop your offense. You had no passing game, and you had 239 yards in total offense. Well under your average. They did stop you. They did. That was your worst performance of the year offensively. If you, like I said, I take the 30-yard gift away. You had 239 yards of total offense, GT. You, you, did you run all over him, 181? Yeah, you probably wore him out in the second half. You did. You had 93 yards passing. They shut your pass game down completely. Wasn't like you. I mean, it was one-dimensional offense. You didn't have to do anything. Jalen was overthrowing passes. Eagle coaches saw that. They ran the ball, and that's all they had to do because they knew that the 49ers couldn't do anything about it. Again, the list. You go back to the list. (laughs) I mean, okay. No. Averages don't give you points. No turnovers do. How about this, Hills? If Hertz runs it for three or four touchdowns in the game, winning rushing touchdown, so can he live even more up? You keep you pay him. I would never pay that guy that money. I'm never paying that. I would never pay. Look, I would never pay that guy that money because he's not a guy who can carry a team. The, e- the Eagle defense and the roster carried him to the Super Bowl in the postseason. That's very convenient. 
They carried him. He was okay in the Giant game. He was terrible in the NFC title game. He hasn't played well. And I say again, it's because he's injured. I, I, I relent on that. He's injured. I still think he's more injured than even Mahomes. We'll find out about Mahomes. That's GT. I, I completely agree. I think he's hurt. I don't think it's because he's look, he, he, all the way up until Chicago, he was going like this. And all of a sudden he's going like this. He hasn't had a good game in two months. Has he? What's a good game? What game would you say he's had in two months? Niner game? No. Giants game? Maybe. I don't know. The giant game at the end of the year, it was terrible. Andy Dalton didn't play. Dak didn't play. Justin Fields. I thought he was good in that game. Okay. One, two, three, four. Was he good in that giant game? Yeah. Tannehill? Yeah, probably since the Tannehill game. Or no, the giant game. The giant game. I actually thought he wasn't bad in the Chicago game. So probably since Chicago. I'll say Chicago. Since the Chicago game. He hasn't played well. Has he? You guys think he's played well since Chicago? He's missed games. He's missed two games of those games. And has he played well? Help me out. When Hertz went out, what happened? Your coaching staff fell apart. They gave Gardner Minshew the same game plan as Jalen Hurts, Shane Steichen, in his great offensive play calling. You're running RPOs with Gardner Minshew. <laughs> okay. Give Purdy a break. No pun intended. Kid won't be able to throw a ball for months. Oh, well, that ain't his. Hey, that ain't Hassan Reddick's fault. Kid should have ducked. <laughs> and by the way, Kyle Shanahan should have put a tackle on his ass instead of a tight end. That might have helped. Okay? Hurts is elite quarterback getting north of $50 million. You're going to pay a guy who will never be healthy in a regular season in his entire career, and he hasn't been since he's been a starter. And you're going to pay that guy. Good luck to you, man. A good luck to you. I hope it ain't a long-term deal, man. I hate to tell you, man. Those guys don't have high shelf lives. Who's the guy we had on yesterday that said that, too? Just not a high shelf life. It's not going to be. You love him in Philly to the tune of $50 million. How's that deal working out for Dak Prescott in um, Dallas? Got to get rid of Amari. Can't even get Brandon Cooks. Okay. He's played good enough to win. No, your team has. Not him. Um, Bob Brown says, Sills, 34-10. If Mahomes is still banged up, 27-20. If Mahomes is healthy, I, I, I hey, I still don't see it. I double-team Kelsey and make Juju Smith-Schuster beat me. I don't see it. And again, again, how good is the Eagle defense? This is the biggest question. There's a list of bums. 
Watch this. Josh Johnson. You think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL? He's been on 17 teams. He was taking snaps in the NFC title game. Josh Johnson. Okay? Here's Xander. Can't they sign Hurts with a huge bonus? Keep his salary next year very low, and he has one year left on the rookie deal. That's the plan, Xander. Get, get the bonus to him, okay? Get the bonus to him. You give him a three-year guaranteed contract of $45 million, okay? That's as far as I would go, and I guarantee every, one, every bit of it. And do you know what that means when you guarantee every cent of it? See, people are missing the Cleveland Browns deal. You get to restructure the contract and lower the base. And you give and you can go inside the contract and put little, you can put little speed bumps in there, roster bonus. You can increase the roster bonus to $2 million. You can increase see, you don't want to put a playing incentive on it because Clutch will go crazy on that. Because why? He's not going to play 17 games in a season for you. So that's going to be not a starting point. So you can't put percentage of plays on there because he misses games. He's missed three games in two years. That's not going to get better. That's actually going to get worse, especially with lesser players on the team. So what you do is you put roster bonuses. Um, you put you put like game if you're starting. Like here, here's something I had in my contract. I had a base of, this was 87. I had a base of like $7,000 a game. But if I started, I got an extra five. If I played and was active, I got an extra four. So that's how they compensate that. And you could put all those trigger points in the contract that will get him his bonus and help him get that bonus. Like, do you understand when Dak Prescott signed that contract? Do you know in the first year of the contract, they had to give him $75 million. They gave him the sign-up bonus, and he started making his base of 42. So he went from a fifth-round draft choice to $75 million in one year. <laughs> $55 million. Good luck to you. There ain't a $55 million quarterback in the game today, except Joe Burrow. Josh Allen. Um, I don't even know if I'd go Herbert that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's got to win more. He got to the playoffs. I think the kid Lawrence is going to be a franchise guy. Those are your traditional passers. I'm not paying anybody who gets banged up that kind of though. I'm not paying Lamar Jackson that money. You know what? $51 million is on the table now. $51 million. Is on the table. Look at Kyler Murray's deal, 46-1. You think Arizona's ever going to get the value back in that contract? Do you guys think uh, Arizona gets that value back? You think the Cowboys get the value back? Do you know coming up next Tuesday, Xander, how about this one? Next Tuesday, do you know what's on the table for Derek Carr? If he's still on the Raider roster by 6 o'clock Tuesday afternoon, do you know they own $40.1 million in guarantees? Shit, they just told them to go home. <laughs> yeah, that didn't pan out too well. <laughs> I want to look at some of the NFL honors. 
Some people, I think, were justified. Some people got job. I want to take a look at some of the awards that were handed out last night as well. More on Super Bowl 57. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, managing partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
Big Sales National Football Show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Um, the NFL Hall of Fame class of 2023 came out. Nine people are on this list here. Top of the hour, we'll take a look at some of the NFL honors from the show last night. We'll reset also. Um, as you know, I'm on a committee that helps put these guys together and puts the list together for the committee. Um, also, the Veterans Committee, I do it now for, for guys like Rick Gosselin and all these guys, and Jason Cole, um, Howard Balzer, Jared Bell, a bunch of the guys that I do research for for these guys when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Just to go through the list here, um, Dar Darrell Revis was somebody that I uh, promoted. I thought he should have been a Hall of Famer. You know, the only problem that I had with Joe Thomas, he had a non-relevant career. I mean, he wasn't really on any good football teams. But that's that, you know, he's an offensive lineman. And he was one of the highest graded offensive linemen in his area. He's a 10-time pro bowler. But again, I just there was nothing significant about his pro about his pro career. It's a team sport. So sometimes you kind of see here's here's my problem. Here's my problem with Joe Thomas. And you guys tell me if you think my, my thinking's flawed. Well, if you're going to hold it against Jerry Kramer that he played on a football team with so many great players in Green Bay, and you're going to hold that against him, that he played next to Forrest Gregg and star in the backfield of Taylor and Paul Horning and all those great players were on that team, the coach Lombardi. And if you're going to hold that against him for 50 years, shouldn't you hold against Joe Thomas? He played with nobody. I mean, you held that against him, that he played with so many great football players. I mean, right, Yale? I mean, Jerry Kramer played on a football team with such great players, okay? And people held that against him for over 50 years. Well, Joe Thomas played on a teams that were non-factors, and I even think he played on a football team that was 0-16. I don't know. I mean... Look, I understand he has Hall of Fame talent. Okay, but to say that Joe Thomas was better than like um, Tony Baselli, I don't see that. But I get it. And again, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame talent. Okay, he is. Pure and simple, if you cookie cutter it, he's, he's a Hall of Fame player. Okay. But it was a non-relevant career, I thought. Rondé Barber. Rondé Barber on that buck defense. Was he a staple on that buck defense? John Lynch? So here's what you got off that team now. You got John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Warren Sapp, and Derek Brooks are all Hall of Famers off that defense. You could make an argument that Simeon Rice may end up making it one day. He probably should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl instead of Dexter Jackson. Um, <clears throat> I think Rondé, I'm kind of shocked he made it this early. Okay. 
Steven says, Fletcher says, the team is being disrespected. One game to go, three guys to beat, no more talking, let's get it. it agreed. I don't I, I I think the defense is a good is a good group. I don't think it's what they say they are. That's not the 85 Bears. They played a, a, a season of bums. Now it will be validated on Sunday, Stephen. If they take out Mahomes like I think they're going to, all of it's validated. All of it's validated. Okay. Rondé Barber. Leroy Butler, Rondé Barber, I kind of see the same. You're going to try to tell me you think Rondé Barber's a better player than Eric Allen? I had a big debate last night with some of the voters. I went like this. So you put Rondé Barber in over Eric Allen? Okay. Right? I guess I, I I guess the Super Bowl. Okay. I I I I guess. Don Coriel deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I've been a proponent for him for five years. He he put the offenses together that Bill Walsh ended up really doing more with. Don Coriel was great in St. Louis, and he was great in San Diego. He put some of the best offenses in the NFL that are still used today. Okay? Don Coriel deserved it. Rondé Barber. Chuck Howley. I didn't realize he had seven until I did some research. He has seven Pro Bowls. Six first-team All-Pros. And he's as a Super Bowl MVP in a losing effort, though. But he does have a Super Bowl win, too. You know, he was the original 54 in Dallas. I thought this was long overdue, Chuck Howley. Joe Klecko, I don't think he's better than Gastineau, but I think he's more versatile than Gastineau. Made all pro at nose, DT, and DE. Had 20 sacks in one year. Joe's a great player. Joe is a great player. Joe deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He does. One of the better interior defensive tackles. He's a temple guy. So they didn't really see a lot of him when he came into the Jets organization. I think Klecko, though, I think Klecko's a heck of a football player. Ken Riley, this is way overdue. Ken had like 65 interceptions, one of the top interception guys in NFL history. And because he played in Cincinnati, nobody promoted him. Mike Brown doesn't do any of that shit. Mike Brown's a terrible owner. It's a damn shame that Joe Burrow's in that organization because they're going to try to nickel and dime him. If I was Joe Burrow, I'd play my contract out and get the hell out of there. Get to an organization that knows how to win. They don't. You really, Watch this. You really think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to continue to spend money around Joe Burrow once they pay him $50 million? Do you guys actually see that? Where they're going to spend the money to, um, to, to, to keep Joe Burrow upright? The only reason that they're spending the money in the offensive line that they can now is because they're kind of the same deal that Jalen Hurts. They're, he's not making any money. He's on a rookie contract. I don't see Cincinnati building that. I think you're seeing the best of Joe Burrow in Cincinnati right now. I think once that contract kicks in, dude, so here, here's what Mike Brown does right away. 
before you even sit down on the negotiating table, they're already begging for a hometown discount. Well, you know, you don't want to take all the money, so you can't pay other guys. Hey, that's not a Joe Burrow deal. That's a huge thing. It's because you don't want to spend the money. That ain't on Joe Burrow. I don't see Cincinnati keeping that guy around his entire career. I don't believe Zach Thomas is a Hall of Fame football player. I do not. You're telling me you think Zach Thomas is better than Seth Joyner? Seriously. So wait a minute. Zach Thomas is better than Seth Joyner now. Really? Really? Zach Thomas? Dude, Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor have to be two of the most overrated Hall of Famers of all time. Okay? I don't see it. I don't see them two. I mean, what did they win? (laughs) Who were they? Here's another one. Maybe I'm wrong here. You guys think DeMarcus Ware's a Hall of Fame player? How many sacks did he have? Like, isn't Clyde Simmons better than DeMarcus Ware? You guys think DeMarcus Ware is better than Clyde Simmons? Man. How many sacks did DeMarcus Ware have? 138. That's a ton. That's a ton of sacks. That's a ton of sacks. Had a 20 sack year. That's a ton of sacks. I guess. But like Leslie O'Neill, I think is better. So I look at this list, dude. Rondé Barber is in the category of really good. He's not better than Eric Allen. Coriel, yes. Joe Thomas, yes. Darrell Rivas, for sure. Chuck Howley, yes. Klecko, yes. Riley, yes. Zach Thomas, no way. I had a big bitch about this with the committee last night. When you start putting people like Zach Thomas in and DeMarcus Ware, you lower the standards of the Hall of Fame. These Leroy Butlers of the world. Dion's right. This is now the hall of pretty good. Dude, this is a list of pretty good players with a few outstanding players. Where's not a Hall of Famer? Okay. DeMarcus Ware's not better than Mark Gastineau was a two-time defensive player of the year. The creator of the sack dance. The leader of sack exchange. Klecko was the second guy on that team. And he's in the hall. DeMarcus Ware? No way. He's not better than Clyde Simmons. I mean, he's not. So I would have put four guys. I would have put Revis, Thomas, Coriel, Howley, Klecko, Riley in. And I would have taken out Barber, Thomas, and DeMarcus Ware. Watch this. Let's just leave these names stand alone, and these would be your Hall of Fame guys. Rondé Barber, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware. That'd be the shittiest class in the history of the Hall of Fame if it was just those three guys. Like, if you went like this, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, 
and Don Coriel. That's a great class. That's a great class. Ken Riley, Joe Klecko, Don Coriel. That's a great class. Demarcus Ware and Zach Thomas. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's recency bias, Marcos. Dude, Eric Allen, there's two guys that have gone into the Hall of Fame that he's better than. Man, if I'm Eric Allen, I'm sitting at home right now. Dude, we got to do, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that we promote him more for this coming season. I promise you guys, Eagle guys, I promise you, man. Because, dude, Leroy Butler and Rondé Barber do not belong in the Hall of Fame over Eric Allen. And, and get this, if you tell me it's because Barber won the Super Bowl, what did Joe Thomas win? See, you're setting the bar in the standard and you're moving the chains on certain guys. You move the chains on Joe Thomas because he's on TV and the NFL Network now. Rondé Barber, you tell Eric Allen's people and the Eagle people this, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Rondé did. Well, wait a minute. Joe Thomas didn't have a winning record. Doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? All right. Hour number three. I want to look at all the awards. And I've got the votes. And I want to go down the list here. And I want to hit on all this. I want to reset the Super Bowl. I want to talk one more time about the Eagle defense again. It's not a rip. It's just their resume. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Final hour before we get all our takes in. And Super Bowl 57. Wow. Man, you know, I never thought on, what was it? May 10th of 2022, my prediction would come true. I thought they'd play the Bills. The Bills would win the Super Bowl and the Eagles would get there because what did I say from the very beginning? I think the Eagles have constructed the best roster in the NFL. And it's played itself out that way. They have the best roster in the NFL. And every, what I didn't count on is that all of those people that Howie brought in have had career years. A.J. Brown trade, career year. Hassan Reddick, career year. Bradbury, better than he played in that Pro Bowl year he had in New York. Slay started hot, kind of faded. C.J.'s played his best ball. I'll tell you this. If I'm Mickey Loomis and I'm the owner of the Saints and I'm Gail Benson, I look at Mickey Loomis and go, so you not only gave a first-round draft choice away, but you gave C.J. Gardner-Johnson away as well. Now, they recouped the first-rounder because of Sean Payton. But, man, I mean, all these moves how he made. You know, the only thing that really was probably a check in the bad calendar side for Howie Roseman was that his draft choices didn't do shit this year. That's a good football team. So rookies playing. I don't know. You got two rookie corners starting and a starting running back in Kansas city. Is that a good draft? Or how about the, what Joe Douglas did with the jets? You think he had a good draft? Now it's a shitty team, but Kansas city's in the super bowl and they got rookies all over the place starting. In a very talented quarterback conference, the AFC. That's pretty impressive, those corners. That's pretty impressive, okay? It is. We started the program out with this. And by the way, you know what's funny? When you point people out sometimes on who they are, they hate what they see or hear. And that's exactly what I did at the beginning of the program in the first hour with the Eagle defense. You guys hate hearing who you are. And that leads me to think you think you're more than you are. Again, we started out, and I only asked the question here. Because, get this, my take is either going to be correct Sunday or it's going to be wrong 100%. Why? Well, it's funny when I say, when I point this out, 
since week five of the NFL, Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, this is counting the playoffs, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Andy Dalton, Dak, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Tannehill, Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke, David Mills, Kenny Pickett, Cooper Rush, Kyler Murray. Dude, these guys are all bums. Except for Rodgers. They're all bums. So, to me, when I hear stats that the people throw at me, you have never been challenged this year. That's not the Eagle fault. Okay? It's not. And decent quarterbacks have really put up big numbers on you. Dak put 40 on you. And a 124 quarterback rating. And a win. Well, Jalen wasn't. Jalen don't play defense. I'm not talking about Jalen Hurts. I'm talking about the defense. Defense got destroyed in that game. Okay? Eagles play bums all year. Now, the question is, is it because they're overrated or they haven't been challenged? That question's going to be answered, not by you. That question's going to be answered on Sunday by both teams. If Kansas City starts moving up and down the field, which I think they have a chance to, not running the ball, though, But Kelsey, see, I think this, I think Jonathan Gannon is going to be very conservative because he fears the big play. But here's the deal. Nobody on Kansas City is a big play threat. The tight end's not a plus 25 guy. They don't have anybody on that team that threatens the plus 25. So when Gannon plays back, why? Why would you? That's his DNA. That's who he is. If he plays soft coverages and there is that zone open in the middle of the field that he likes to give up, Mahomes is going to go for 400 yards. I think they'll struggle in the red zone because they don't have a running game. But Mahomes will have a huge day if they have that zone open and they don't press the wide receiver. Why wouldn't you press Juju Smith-Schuster? Who is he? Juju Smith-Schuster would be the number three guy on the Eagles. There's a bunch of dudes on that team. Okay? There's a bunch of see, – see, look at Joseph. Gannon's going to gut these guys? Dude, it's one thing to go after Josh Johnson and Daniel Jones. And when Jonathan Gannon was destroyed by the Chiefs last year, and get this – they did it on the ground. And some will go, well, this is a different unit. Jonathan Gannon's not any different of a coordinator. He's got better players. He's the same guy. Jonathan Gannon is no better of a coordinator today than he was a year ago. They just got better ball players. They got Reddick. They got Gardner Jones. This is more Howie than Gannon. This is more Howie. Who do you think is more responsible for the defensive play this year, Gannon or Howie Roseman? Honestly, who's more responsible for the Eagle improvement on defense, Gannon or Howie? Who would you say? Gee, I hope there's some common sense here. When when they couldn't stop the run, when they couldn't stop the run, what did Howie do? He went to the... Ice cream store and got Sue and Joseph. You think Gannon schemed something up? 
it was Howie. Howie went and found it. Howie's more responsible for the Eagle defense than the coordinator. Now, here's where I will give the coordinator some love. They figured out Hassan Reddick because they stopped dropping him in coverage and they stopped having him cover tight ends. They realized he's a one-dimensional player. He's not. Like, get this, and I said this the other day to you, and some people push back. Jess Sweat's a better player than Hassan Reddick. He's a three-down lineman. Double-digit sacks, good tackler, sets the edge. He's a better ball player. Reddick had a great sack season. I wouldn't call him a great tackler. Pro Football Focus actually thinks he's one of the worst. Can't cover. That's evident. We saw it all year when they tried to have him cover. It was terrible. Josh Sweat has improved to a point. He's six four and a half. He's 270 pounds. He sets the edge. Double-digit sacks. Dude, that guy is worth every penny he gets. He's a 14-5 guy. You wait till that guy's contract up. He's going to get paid. He's like the guy Burns in Carolina. He's a good ball player. He's proven he's a three-down guy. Josh Sweat's a good ball player. I wouldn't trade him for anything. Hardgrave had a great year. The two guys in the D-line that are your most complete players are Hardgrave and Sweat. The rest of them, Fletcher, Fletcher picked his game up since they got more depth. Fletcher played better. When Sue and Joseph were added, they kind of ended up in the middle of the pack run rush defense. Before those guys showed up, they were 24th. I think Milton Williams West can be a ball player. I think he can. Okay. I think he can. Look at Hollywood, not know anything about who Brian Burns is. Brian Burns made all pro for the record. He's all pro. I'm a, I'm a Milton Williams fan, too. I think he's going to be instrumental in the depth of how they move forward next year. Okay? I do. Yeah, I, I, I think Josh Sweat. At the beginning of the year, Ray, I didn't think he was a three-down guy. I do now. I do now. He's a guy you build around. He's, he, he's a fabulous defensive end. Or he had a fabulous year, I should say, because I'd like to see him come back and do it again. Okay? But he, he's trending all in the right in the right place to be a really fine, one of the better defensive ends in the NFC. Is he Brian Burns? Not yet. Okay? Not yet. But again, this, this resume is either going to be validated Sunday or more question marks. Because I'll tell you what, if Kansas City puts up 50 points or 45 points on this Eagle defense, they were hollow numbers. Because good quarterback, because you haven't played against a good quarterback all year. And you haven't played against a good football team and a good quarterback all season long. You have not faced one good quarterback and good team all year. All year. It's not me. It's your resume. It's your resume. Validated on Sunday. Now, again, 
to walk back with what I said in the first hour, Kansas City is going to have to play the game of their life. Okay? Travis Kelsey is going to have to be enormous. Do I think the Eagles have the propensity to be able to stop Travis Kelsey? No, I don't. But they're going to have to do something. Because if he gets loose, he'll beat you. Kelsey and Mahomes and Reed can beat you. And that defense. Dak beat you. Mahomes is a little different than Dak. Okay? A little different. And they only had C.D. Lamb. The problem that I see in Kansas City is, though, they're limited at running back. I think the back, the rookie guy, Pacheco, had 930 yards. Shit, Hurts almost had that number. It's 4-9 a clip because the quarterback is good at play action. Is he going to be good enough? Kansas City, for them to win this game, Mahomes has got to throw for over 340 yards, and he's got to get over 120 yards rushing somewhere. Somewhere. They do that, they'll win. They'll win the game because Jalen Hurts is going to have to make a play if that happens. He hasn't made a play the entire postseason. At a giant game, he made a play. Rest of them, okay. I I I think Kansas City has got big hurdles to get over. Are you really going to be able to have a red zone offense, and are you be able to going to run the ball for over 120 yards? I don't I don't know. Who else steps up if it's not Travis Kelsey also to take some of the, Juju Smith-Schuster? Dude, I don't know. I always looked at him as a guy. Even when he was in Pittsburgh. When they got rid of Antonio Brown, he was a good two when Brown was there. When they got rid of Antonio Brown, he got lost. He got lost. I just, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. And on the other side, how, if, you're, if you're the Eagles, how do you attack Kansas City? I'd run right at Chris Jones. Because I don't believe Chris Jones can handle Jason Kelsey and Isaac Sayamalo and Lane over there on that right side. I do not. You may have to move Chris around a little bit. I mean, but then where do you move him? Landon Dickerson? Like I said, this line that the Eagles have, dude, Upshaw and Shell with Kelsey and with Lane Johnson, you, you, you got almost like Upshaw and Shell. You got pro bowlers all over the O line. Two guys making twenty million dollars almost at the tackle position. I mean, Jesus Christ, and they're good. I, I, I mean, Kansas City. What's the kid's name? Calvalaca, the defensive end from um, Purdue. Dude, okay, I liked him too. Had a better year than I thought he would. I don't know. Against Jordan Mulata, who's playing better ball now since he's getting healthier. Jordan Mulata's picking his game up too. Shit, man, you got a tall task in front of you. Now, the bookies in Vegas say it's only two and a half, so it's kind of like a coin flip game. Arthur goes, Dexter Lawrence got steamrolled. He did. I I agree with you. Actually, Arthur, I think the offensive line has steamrolled every top flight defensive football player. How about this? There hasn't been a defensive football player in the – 
season that the Eagles played this year that had and was a factor against them. Think about it. Name me one defensive guy who had a good game against Jonathan Allen. I thought maybe Jonathan Allen and the other kid from Bama, Xander, what's his name? The two Bama guys. The two Bama guys had a good game against the uh, against the Eagle offensive line. The two Bama guys were good in the middle in there. Payne, yeah. Payne and Allen had a good game. They were they they were they they were pretty formidable for the Eagles to have to block, and they did a great job in the second game that they beat them. Other than that, they handled every. I thought they handled um, Jonathan Allen in the first game. Second game, he had a better game. Came back and played better. But I'm trying to think. Every one of those guys in Jacksonville, they took out. Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson was kind of around the ball, but they handled him. I don't know. Right? Dexter Lawrence was a non-factor in any game he played against the Eagles. Non-factor. And he made the all-pro team. Not Pro Bowl. All-pro. Eagles owned him. Okay? Uh, Yeah, I didn't think Bosa was MIA in the first half. I thought they did a nice job at setting the edge. Actually, he had two TFLs. Bosa almost had a safety on Hurts. So I thought he was good in the first half. They wore him out, though, in the second half. I mean, quite, like I said, they only had 239 yards in total offense. Wasn't like they handled him. It was better, better towards the end of the third and into the fourth, though, you know, where they were completely worn out. Too many three and outs wore that defense out, and that's what the Eagles do. Um, yeah, so I think there's just a lot of qu- – how about this? There's more question marks for Kansas City to have to answer in this game than I think that there are for Philly. Dude, the Eagle quarterback doesn't have to play great, and they're going to win. Mahomes doesn't play great. They're killed. They're killed. Because if Jalen's not playing well, hand it off to Miles. Get it to Goddard. Right? He hasn't played well in the postseason. It doesn't matter. They're still putting up big. They're 208 on the ground, two games in the postseason. 208, 4 7 a clip. Game. Game. Um, Patrick's going to, they're going to have to screen it. Delays. They're going to have to create a running game with short intermediate passes like Brady does to keep that defensive front honest. Okay? Just to keep it honest and not have their ears pinned. So, you're, we're hey, you're going to know immediately. And I say this to you. I hope the Eagles win the uh, the coin toss. I would want the ball. Let me let me let me run it right down your throat immediately. Because well, you know what? Everyone's got a plan until you punch them in the mouth. I, I, I don't want to wait. I want the Eagle offense to punch them in the mouth. Just, just start pounding on them. See if you can handle the fist fight. If you can't handle the pressure, game. And you'll see it right away. You know when you see it. 13-play drive, 10-play drive, running the ball, third and three. They can't have an answer for Hurts. 
you start seeing that shit. It starts wearing on you and breaking it down. And you're like this, holy shit. Don't be surprised if the O-line runs over the Chiefs. I'm telling you that. I want to see if Kansas City can stop it. I don't believe they can. I, 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 they're a finesse team. They're not a power team. Power teams always beat up finesse teams. Big dudes beat little dudes up. Okay? And you got two rookie corners. I think A.J. Brown's going to be the most valuable player in this game. He has done shit in the postseason. He has been a non-factor. They start running that ball, and then in the second half, they got to squeeze up to the line of scrimmage and start pressing. Bro, you ain't handling A.J. Brown in open space. You're going to put a rookie on A.J. Brown? Man, I want that night. I want that night. Put a rookie on a veteran like that who had a career year and can eat up them kind of guys? I don't know. <laughs> See Spagnola, man. He's got his hands full in this game. Okay? Peter, I never said it was close. I said 31-17. I never said it. I'm saying he's – if Kelsey gets loose, it's close. If the linebackers that have struggled all year long in Philadelphia covering a tight end can't handle Kelsey, it's close. And here's something else. Don't get into a shootout with Kansas City. You'll lose that. If I'm the Eagles, I want to score first. I want the lead going into the fourth. Make Kansas City have to do things and come back. Make them play from behind. See what they'll do. They don't have the personnel to come from behind. They got the quarterback, but do they have the – like I said to you guys this. Check it out. Like I said to you, this of all Kansas City teams that have gone to the Super Bowl in uh, three of the last four years, this is the least team I fear the most. I mean, I don't, I don't fear this team because you don't have big playmaking guys outside of the tight end. The quarterback for sure. You take that quarterback off the team. You want to hear something? If you take the quarterback off Kansas City, shit, man, they're, they're picking in the top 10 in the draft in April. That's how, that. I mean, you take Jalen Hurts off that team and you just give a guy running RPOs, they're probably still going to win. They're, they're too good at all positions. They're, here, what's the biggest weakness? It's coaching because they're too conservative. They're conservative. Remember what I told you about your coaching. Shane Steichen's not a play caller. He's a play designer. Remember this. He's a play designer, not a play caller. Because Jalen Hurts' decision-making dictates the success of the play, not the play calling. When you call an RPO in the huddle, the decision-making of Hurts determines whether the play wins or not. Because he's got to read the safety or linebacker or the end. That's not a play call from the sidelines. That's a play design. And on the other side, Steichen, because you guys played this list of quarterbacks, you know what's, you know what's crazy? I'm going to say this to you guys here. Shane Steichen played the perfect defense all year long for guys like this. Look, Josh Johnson fumbled the ball, made mistakes. He didn't have to do anything. 
Daniel Jones, still learning, made mistakes. Davis Webb, I never heard of him. Andy Dalton, always made mistakes. Playoff record blows. Dak. Dak had a pick six and still ate the Eagle defense up. Justin Fields can't throw the ball. Of course he's going to make a mistake. Daniel Jones, I just said it. Tannehill was on a bum wheel in that game. He wasn't going to beat you. Matt Ryan had a really good day, 78% completion percentage. Almost beat him. Heineke won. David Mills going to make mistakes. All these guys. At the end of the day, Jonathan Gannon, he plays defense against Patrick Mahomes like he played against Davis Webb. He'll be beat Sunday. Name me a top-flight quarterback he's beaten with a winning record. Name me one. Name me one. In the two years he's been the coordinator, Trevor Lawrence, early, he got better later. Still, it's a win. Who, who's really an elite guy? I think Trevor. Trevor's a franchise guy. Okay? Rodgers didn't have a winning record this year. Okay? My point is, Jonathan Gannon doesn't do well and fare well against good quarterbacks. Okay? Jared Goff is a guy you're going to throw in as a franchise quarterback? Your standards are low, dude. Rodgers didn't, once again, have a winning record this year. I asked you, a quarterback who was on a good football team this year with a winning record. Daniel Jones, Jared Goff is the guys you give me. I think you guys answered my question. Jared Goff. Daniel Jones. We'll find out Sunday. We'll find out Sunday. Those aren't anybody to write home about. Okay? You said elite. That's right. I said elite, and you're giving me Jared Goff? I said elite quarterbacks with a winning record is exactly what I said. And you gave me Jared Goff. And who else? Daniel Jones. Wow. I have a different definition of elite. Okay. Purdy's elite? Since when? Since when's Purdy elite? You didn't play Jimmy G this year. And he beat you a year ago. You didn't play Josh Allen. You're making shit up. The only quarterbacks with winning records that you throw at me that are elite that you played this year are Jared Goff and Daniel Jones. Wow. I think my take has been validated here. Now we'll see. If reality's validated on Sunday, 
What's the Eagle defense really? Okay, we'll find out. No more. We're days away now. Okay. Trevor Lawrence. I said Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Okay. Thought he stunk a little early. Played really great ball. Last 12, 13 games of the year, put up some of the best numbers in the league. So, Jared Goff and Daniel Jones is what people threw at me. Okay. MVP voting. Dan, did you make a prediction on the game yet? I must have missed it. 31-17, I've been saying it for two weeks. I haven't changed. Vegas thinks it's closer. I don't. Yell goes, golf had a good year. You think he's elite, Yell? Yeah, would you would you put the word elite around Jared Goff? Okay. Here's the MVP voting. And by the way, I gave you the list and all the guys were exactly what I said. I had an insight a little bit. Patrick Mahomes got 48 of the 51st place votes. He was never not going to win it. He was never not going to win it. Jalen and Josh Allen split the other first place votes. So people still thought Allen played better than Hertz. Now in the overall voting, Jalen second, Allen was third, but in first place votes, 48 went to Mahomes. One went to Hertz. One went to Allen. The perception of Jalen Hurts is not very high when it comes to these other, he was never in the conversation with that vote. He was never in the conversation. People go, Josh Allen's overrated. Well, some think Jalen Hurts is too. Hasn't played well postseason. Hasn't played well since Chicago. Burrow was fourth. Justin Jefferson, fifth. Bose is sixth. Trevor Lawrence, seventh. Parsons, eighth. A.J. Brown, cool. Got a vote, ninth. And Tyree Kill, tenth. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Defensive player of the year. Boza got 46 of the 50 first place votes. It was never close. It was never close. Boza, 46, 236 votes. Parsons, second. Chris Jones got one first place vote. Hassan Reddick got two first place votes, which is cool. He finished fourth. Pretty good for a guy that's a one-dimensional ball player. 
really good. Hassan Reddick had a heck of a year to be in the top five. Miles Garrett was fifth. That's pretty impressive for Hassan Reddick. Cool, kudos to him for getting those two first place votes. Okay. Personally, I would look at Hassan Reddick and I'd go like this. Hassan did not have a better season than Chris Jones. He did not. Um, one sack doesn't mean you had a better season. Jones is a complete player. Had really good TFLs, was spectacular in sacks, 15 and a half. Guy had a great year as an interior, as an interior defensive lineman, 15 and a half sacks. Now you know why he makes $25 million a year. Chris Jones makes $25 million a year. Okay? There's a reason for it. And being an interior lineman, like, like, watch this. What do you think is more impressive? The sack total of Hassan Reddick or the sack total of Javon Hardgrave? To me, it's Hardgrave. Interior guy getting 11 sacks. Now, Reddick, the way he's been hitting the quarterback and pressuring the quarterback, not just the sacks, has been spectacular. He's an elite pass rusher. He totally is. But Chris Jones is a better ball player. Okay. I thought Hardgrave should have been in that conversation. Probably top 10 somewhere in there. Um, the comeback play, the coach of the year. Let's do that one. Brian Dable, Giants wins it. We said he would. 16 first place votes of the 50. Kyle Shanahan was second. Hey, 49er guys that are in here, I'll say this to you, man. Kyle Shanahan has got to win. Just putting your name on the test is not good enough anymore. Okay? You just can't put your name on the test anymore. Okay, you you you've you've got to win. Doug Peterson, five first place votes, was third. I think there was a push for um Sean McDermott because of the whole Damar Hamlin uh scenario and how he handled his football team. He ended up fourth with seven first place votes for 48 votes total. And Sirianni was fifth. Sirianni had no chance of winning the coach of the year award why do you think that is why do you guys think Sirianni finished so low and really wasn't considered a candidate for coach of the year why do you think that is he is on a hated club why do you why do you think that? Xander's got it. S. Blunt's got it. You know why? And by the way, I apologize a little bit for the internet here. Hopefully it comes back here. I'll say this to you because Howie Roseman is the guy that's getting all the kudos. Howie's the executive of the year. That's why. Howie picked the assistant coaches. How he picked the roster. How he, this is Howie's ball game. It's not Nick's. Nick has no say in this thing. 
He has no say. Nick Sirianni has no say. You want to know why Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job? When Patrick Mahomes walks off the field, he don't talk to Eric Bieniemy. He goes straight to Andy Reid. They look at Eric Bieniemy as a clipboard holder. He's not a play caller. Andy Reid's the play caller. Andy Reid's the offensive coordinator. Andy Reid's the quarterback coach. When you look at Nick Sirianni, you look at him like Mike McCarthy. Am I wrong? This is Howie's ball game. Howie won the executive of the year award. That's the guy that they look at publicly and nationally as the reason you're in this, not because of Nick. They don't look at Nick. You know what most people probably think? Like some of the people around the league are saying, anybody could coach that team because it's not Nick's team. These aren't his assistant coaches. These are Howie Roseman and his assistant coaches. Nick had no say in the assistants. Had no say. Am I wrong? Are you under some impression that a guy who's never been a head coach in his entire life was going to bring his own coaching staff in here? Isn't that why Doug Peterson was fired? Because Doug wanted to have a battle over the coaching staff? And you think you're going to bring a coach in here that was going to tell Howie who to bring in? Give me a break. Doug Peterson got fired because of that mentality. They weren't going to bring another coach in here that had Doug's mentality and go into another power struggle with it. The facts prove what I just said to be true. You fired a Super Bowl coach and a guy who finished third in the Coach of the Year award and won a division title and turned Trevor Lawrence around. And the reason it was like that was because he was fired because he was in a power struggle over the coaching staff. Joseph says, Brian Dable didn't do anything this year that Sirianni didn't do. So wait a minute, Joseph. You actually think the New York Giants have the same talent on it that the Eagles have? Are are you crazy? Brian Dable has more say in that football team in New York than what Nick does. Nick has no say. I love how people think that, hey, you know, Nick Sirianni gave the play calling over to Shane Steichen. No, that was a collective group conversation that they believe Steichen was better at designing plays. I know this for a fact. I talked to Frank Reich about it. Shane Steichen's more of a designer of offenses. And by the way, if Shane does get the uh, the Colts job, to me, I would I would elevate Brian Johnson because Jalen's got a good relationship with that guy. You guys make it sound like Nick Sirianni's this phenomenal coach when he has no autonomy in that locker room. They just fired a guy who wanted it. So you think they turned around and gave it to a guy with no experience in a shitty press conference? How could you possibly think that? <laughs> How he just went through the Chip Kelly bullshit, Doug Peterson, and yet there's people in here that think that Nick Sirianni coached his ass off. 
instead of Howie putting the roster together and the coaching staff. Jesus criminy. I love how people make things up. Dude, I have actual behavior and actions by the Eagles and what they've done over the last couple of years. You're talking about fantasy shit. Players love Sirianni? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you love him? The guy that you have to be concerned about is the general manager. That's why he's the guy at the front door every day. It's not Nick. Who greets the team every day? Howie, not Nick. Chris goes, I'll coach Kyle Shanahan. Really had to do a lot of out coaching with Christian McCaffrey running a wildcat. <laughs> okay. Brian. So Brian, Brian goes, you're being, rec- wait a minute, Brian. So you think Sirianni, this is his ball game? I know you don't believe that. <laughs> I know you don't believe that. You think this is Nick Sirianni's ball game? Okay. I'm sure those coaches are all his. I'm sure of it. So you think that Nick has as much power in the Eagle organization as Howie Roseman? You're in the Super Bowl because of the GM. Not because he was a great coach at two and five. Since that two and five, get this. Since that two and five start, play calling got taken away from Nick. Steichen's the offensive coordinator. Gannon, he's no different. How he gave him better players. But it's coaching. Okay. Um, who thinks that? Read. Read. All right, I got to take a time out. Please hit the like button. I'll give you my final predictions on Super Bowl 57. This is going to be a wild weekend. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Mulebronner, managing partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Validation day on Sunday. By the way, you think the disrespect stops for Jalen Hurts on Sunday if he wins? Do you think the disrespect stops? You think it'll stop? Xander's like, no, the rhetoric remains. His team was stacked. You know it and I know it. True. Depends on how he plays. Dan, you have to do a guest spot on the post-game show regardless of the outcome. No way. I'm saving everything for big sales, baby. Okay? No way. No way. This is only for us. Plus, I'm not good enough to be on that show. <laughs> That's not true. They Believe me, the Krauses have been trying to get me out of the Dan Cave for two years, so I'm kidding. <laughs> Xander, Xander's going to kick my ass right now. That's not true. <laughs> Xander's like, Sills, okay? There's still a ticket waiting in my dad's outbox. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm waiting, man. 
So you don't think the disrespect will end? I'll tell you, I'll make a point to you here. Jalen Hurts wins that football game on Sunday, and he's a factor in that game like he's been all year outside of the postseason. That's got to be something for me even, too. Okay, I don't know what the price tag is on that. I'm not talking that. I'm saying, come on, man. Guy wins the Super Bowl. You look at those guys differently, man. Plus, he's 24. He's a face of the league. I'll tell you this. I know I know. Dak Prescott won the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I'm going to make another prediction. How many people think that Jalen Hurts is going to win that award in the next five years? It's probably the second most prestigious award. Some would think it's the most prestigious award and all the NFL is the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I, I say Jalen Hurts wins that award in the next four years. He, okay? I say he wins that award. He's going to be a Walter Payton Man of the Year. Okay? And, and, and okay? That yells right. You'll know it when you see it. Yeah. If Jalen Hurts is good, they can't if they can't have any answers for him on third, dude, the key, watch him on third down. Watch him on third down. If he's breaking their ass and Kansas City can't answer it, man, I think that's gonna be a tough one for Kansas City. I really do. I do. By the way, who needs who needs the game more? Mahomes? Or Jalen. Can you you know if Mahomes loses, he's one in three in Super Bowls? That's Elway-ish. At the beginning of Elway, you know, Elway doesn't have a winning record in Super Bowls. He doesn't. He'd be one in three. This guy'd be like LeBron a little bit. Four and six in postseasons. Right? Jalen wins the game to take some of the Disrespect away. I think Mahomes got to win this game. Or then you're starting to do this. Dude's one and three in Super Bowls? Really? How about Andy Reid? He'd be one and four? Andy Reid, one and four in Super Bowls. He's a Hall of Fame coach, and you're going to put a Hall of Fame. You're going to put Andy Reid in the, in the Hall of Fame with a one and four record. I guess so. They put Marv Levy in. He's 0 and four. Look, one more time here. I have racked my brains. I've watched a ton of film on both teams. I'm not giving Kansas City respect for stopping Cincinnati's run game when they got three substitutes in there. And Kansas City did a good job stopping the run. That old line in Philly, Cincinnati at their best is not even in their conversation. I don't... I see 31-17. The only way that thing's close if if Kelsey can't be covered, okay, and Hurts turns the ball over, then it's a fourth-quarter game. Don't get in a shootout. And I think come Monday, I think there's going to be another parade on Broad Street. Better start getting those poles greased. I believe I could say that on the Big Sill Show here. So have a great weekend. Don't forget our post-game show. That's going to be iconic. I guarantee you, win or lose. We're going to catch you on Monday, 3 to 6. God bless all of you. Tone, Xander, thank you for everything you do.
God bless all of you again, and we shall see you Monday, 3 to 6, and we'll catch you on the flip side. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.